How you doing? This is Lance Henderson, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. I just saw something here that says record live on YouTube. It just came up on my screen. Oh, yeah. well, maybe we're actually live now. So, uh, oh, yeah. okay. it says here right. streaming it says live, live on, on ours, yeah. too. Yeah, so right. yeah it's, it's working yeah. on the YouTube, but it's not working to Facebook. Which, yeah, uh, Facebook what happened yeah. last time. So, yeah. <laughs> so, screw Facebook. Anyway, yeah. welcome to the station of decapitation. I'm with, I'm, this is without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. And we have a great uh, panel here of makeup artists. We have Aaron and Michael McCash. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Michael Key, one of many Michaels. <laughs> or second of many Michaels, I guess. Michael Ladotti. Hi, guys. Hello. Ray Santillari. Good evening. In the return of Craig Lindbergh. Always a pleasure. Yes. And, uh, terrible and Louis? Here. Oh, and Louis Zakarian. There's <laughs> <laughs> one hidden person. Yeah, I, it threw me off because he's not Michael. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be Michael Zakarian for the evening. <laughs> Sorry for the rocky start. I was having technical difficulties, but we're here live, so that that's all that matters. Anything else will be smooth here. Probably awesome. not, but but it's good we're here. So we're going to do uh, 13, our favorite 13. Uh, I have horror, but whatever, makeup uh, in movies. If, if you don't have horror, it's fine. We won't kick you off the show. Or anything. <laughs> we'll talk about makeup, and it'll be a good time. 
This was the toughest list yet, I think. It is a very tough list. I I think I have it like a hundred things, give or take. Like I could do 13 with just like Cheney Sr. or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it was tough whittling it down. Oh, sorry. No, he didn't make it at all. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Well, also, too, there's, you know, what is a horror film? There's so many things that are. That could be like, is King Kong really a horror film or is it a character piece or, or Silence of the Lambs, which is mm-hmm. a, some people might consider it a horror movie and some won't. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's that too. It's like, what, what is your definition of what a horror movie is? Right. And what's, uh, maybe it's a definition you guys can, are, are better for. What's makeup and what would be like, uh, just better. Is there a difference between makeup and special effects, I guess? Um, Physical effects would be so totally different, but like makeup and like blood splat, that's all makeup. That's kind of what we all do. Mm-hmm. We've all pretty much done. Sometimes that is special effects, especially if it's a body through wardrobe. And special effects tends mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. It's a tricky, I know on the East Coast, it's a tricky thing. Like sometimes that goes to the props and special effects department. Sometimes it goes to the makeup effects department. It's 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 kind of dicey. It's kind of like a gray area here. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of think whoever just doesn't want to do it. Historically, you know, they'll say like Jack Pierce will be is one of the makeup artists. I'm sure this going to be talked about a lot here when it comes to horror films. You know, when he did the Frankenstein monster back in 1931, that's considered a makeup. Uh, and was for a very, very long time until we get into the 60s and Dick Smith started using a different credit going special makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was told by Tom Berman, and he, he claims that he's the one who created the term special makeup effects. He said he started using that term because there were people that were in special effects. I was getting confused. People were thinking they were doing the work that he had created. So he was doing it to try to distinguish between that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time he used it, I think he told me it was on cat people. So that's not until what? 82. Yeah. 80s. So we have a whole, you know, like 80 years of history, practically of motion pictures where it was all of these things were called makeup. And today there's, you hear a lot of it bantered around called special makeup effects would be Tom's turn. People have lazy tongues. And so they'll call it special <laughs> effects, but you go onto a set and ask for special effects, you get some guy that blows things up and creates wind. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, but catering, a lot of people will create wind. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my picks when I was a kid was, uh, one of my picks is um, The Wild Bunch. And that was one of the first movies that showed the actual bullet hits and the squibs. Yeah. Considered a very violent film for its time. And, you know, at that time, who did that? Special effects or makeup? You know. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna coin the term makeup properties. <laughs> no, uh, I know when I started, I started playing with squibs because I thought it was all the same thing mm-hmm. years ago, and I was able to buy some squibs, and I learned quick not to play with squibs. <laughs> oh yeah, you have a, bet, yeah. a few people. I'm sure. Remember, we used to take the gunpowder and put it in a straw. Close the straw, put the two igniter wires in, put it into a battery, and then it would ignite it. 
You did that. We <laughs> 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 blew stuff up, but I didn't blow up anything like that. That crazy. <laughs> well, we'll start with thir- number 13 here. And uh, who wants to start? You start us off, Bill. All right. Well, my number 13 is the, the head explosion and scanners. So Ooh, pretty amazing. Good choice. Maybe so you higher on my list, but uh, yeah, it's an amazing scene. I think that's the. If I think of head explosions, that has to be number one. Oh, yeah. That's one of the ones that, that in the advent of VCRs, you would slow mo and try and <laughs> right. see that thing blow up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now with animated gifs and and stills all over the internet, uh, parts of it will look not the greatest, but uh, but it's still a, a fond memory for me. Yeah, insane. That was cool. Okay. All right. That's a really good one. Yeah, good choice. We'll go with uh, Michael Ladotti. Okay. uh, So these are, for me, inspirational makeups. Uh, Lon Chaney's Phantom of the Opera was one. Am I going down an entire list or just giving one? We'll we'll all do number 13 and then we'll go to 12 and stuff. Okay, so I'm going to call that 13, but it actually is one of the top ones for me, is The Phantom of the Opera, uh, where he really, truly created a character. And to me, the definition of makeup is, is this, it, it creates the character, it creates a character space, and makeup effects are something that's a part of that that operate in, in some mechanical way, uh, like blood spurting or vomiting or something like that. But for makeup, I, I think Lon Chaney was a true makeup artist. Uh, and he created his characters and he, uh, he was able to, um, I mean, his, his characters lived through, through his acting as well. And I think that's a marriage of both makeup and acting. It's like perfect marriage for me. And the, the reveal <laughs> when, the, when the ma- half the mask comes off is like, is amazing. That still that's holds up. Completely you know, Almost a hundred years later. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautifully done. Uh, that was one of my favorite experiences at the theater. I got to see it uh, at Halloween a couple of years ago uh, with a live orchestra. And, oh, that's uh, cool! It was such a wild experience. Yeah, that was I seen it once with an orchestra too, and that was amazing. Just yeah, that's how they were viewed in the day. Mm-hmm. They generally had live orchestras, whether they large orchestras or, or small ones. But it, it was only small towns that had the piano, basically. But generally, there was a full orchestra. And sometimes the music was written for the films. There was a music written for the Phantom, right? I mean, the original Phantom, there, there was music written for that? Um, That's what it I may heard. not survive. A lot of the music didn't survive. Uh, for, for Charlie Chaplin's films, he wrote the music himself, and some of those do survive. But uh, often there, there were scores written for specific films and then performed by the orchestra who watched them. So cool. Uh, uh, Aaron, what's your number 13? Um, you know, I think we just wrote down a bunch of them that we like because they're, yeah, all, kind of, fine. they're all kind of even, you know. But um, right. I was going to say one thing about the live um, performance is that if you ever get an opportunity to go to El Capitan and see the uh, any of the performances, there's a live um, a organ, that uh, an organ um, performer that plays mm-hmm. with all the before the shows. And it's really incredible. Yeah. It's a super, super special thing to see. That's modern, modern day stuff. But we went and saw Nightmare Before Christmas yeah, last year. It was so mm. amazing. Anyway, so um, we thought Mama from um, 
the movie Mama was really like innovative and cool. Yeah, that was so good. Everyone thought it was CG, but it's it was you know yeah. the actor, which I forget his name. I mean, name, it's like he, the actor, like and it's physical. Javier, isn't his name Javier? Yeah, um, he, you know, he was wearing an incredible makeup, and there was CGI incorporated with it, but most of it was him they, performing. Yeah. They thought about everything. The fact that they had that belt with the strings, you know, to pull them in different directions. I mean, that's really putting some thought into it and and doing something original. So that's our 13. That was number 13 that we liked. That's a great choice, actually. Uh, Ray. Uh, my 13 was uh, the Cyclops. Oh, nice. I saw this when I was six, and it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and I, because that same afternoon, that, I saw this on TV at night, but I saw the tarantula and creature walks among us at a matinee that afternoon, and I had nightmares. Oh my gosh, seeing, I would this, think so. seeing this guy looking through the window, I was terrified he would look through with that one eye. <laughs> but that was that's my 13, but that was one of my first experiences with a horror film and you know as a kid and, and being actually scared. Mm-hmm. Nothing really scared me after that <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but this movie did. But you so saw three the, movies in one day, though. Yeah, we saw. I saw three in one day, <laughs> and then we went to Europe. But I didn't see any. We I couldn't see them anymore until we came back in '68. And then I was able to see some stuff on TV and get the famous oh, wow. monsters magazines and all that. Do why? I just think because they wouldn't let you watch when I went to uh, Europe uh, as a boy. They wouldn't let me watch a Tarzan movie because oh, there really? was violence. Really? I could see this movie that had all kinds of sex stuff in it, you know, like <laughs> R-rated things that we would like. It's to think a lot of. different from here where it's more, they're more worried about the sex than the violence in the state. Yeah. We, we had movies over there. I lived on military bases, but, you know, they were just, you know, regular movies. There weren't horror. Very rarely did we get to see a horror film. Really? There was, you know, some huh. science fiction movies. I thought, saw the time, time tunnel and things like that. But mostly, you know, just, you know, war movies and regular dramas. Mm-hmm. Would that have been the movie that that originally inspired you to uh, to pursue a career in makeup? No, uh, one of my later picks did. I'll I'll get into that. Okay, then. very good. Uh, Louis, um, I think number thirteen was like Friday the Thirteenth. The Freddy, not Freddy. I mean Jason. You know, the first time you saw Jason come out of the water. Oh, the water one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that was the first one. That was a long time ago, and I was kind of young. And, you know, you didn't expect that. Yeah, it's, it's one of the great surprises in movies, too. Yeah, yeah. terrifying. And he's creepy. Look, I think he's creepier uh, there than he is with the hockey mask. Yeah. Hmm. The hockey mask kind of dulls it out. Like, you didn't, yeah. know what, you didn't know what to expect when he came out of the water there. So, Good pick. Let's see. Craig. My number 13 is It. The Terror from Beyond Space. Oh, okay. I was thinking Pennywise. One of my favorites. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny about that. You know, there's that iconic picture of it in sort of where the light is just hitting it. And where the mask is, where the mouth is, everyone thinks it's, that's the creature's tongue. But that's actually, who is it? Ray, Ray it Corrigan. Ray Corrigan did it? Ray Crash Corrigan. Right, right. That's his chin. Really? Oh. That's the chin of the actor because he did not want to come in for like a face cast or something like that. <laughs> so they put the mask over his head and it was too small. <laughs> so when they put it on, it, the chin and the mask was right there. And they're like, oh, and they painted it. It was black and white. So that was his, that's his chin. Oh. 
Uh, by the way, uh, here in the chat room, Jeff Y, uh, he he wants to know, because um, he, he's an independent filmmaker, he does Antimony Tapes on YouTube, which is a really good uh, series. Uh, what is the worst substance to work with, if anyone has an answer to that? What does that mean? I, I think uh, when you're making uh, makeups or effects. Ultra slime is always just a mess. To Ultra get. slime. Yeah, oh, just I like, agree with that. It just, it's, <laughs> you're forever trying to get it off. and Yeah, it's, you chase it all the time. It's, and it's so gross. <laughs> I like, did cut it. it. But Savini apparently used real guts, real intestines for, for the, <laughs> I think that would probably be about the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think probably, that's illegal. I don't think you can get away with that nowadays. <laughs> someone, quick, someone alert the authorities. <laughs> uh troy what's your number 13 uh my number 13 uh i got uh count orlock and nosferatu oh, i just i love that look it's just like uh it's one of those classic vampire looks nice there you go, there you go. good <laughs> man there you it's over here too the <laughs> candle <laughs> Oh no, so that's Bar- That's Barlow, actually. I got Stanley something Paul. even more terrifying on my show. All right, very good. But, yeah, Nosferatu may be a lot higher on my list, but uh, understandable. I think that's one of the best, uh, what best visions in horror movies. Nosferatu. Yeah, very otherworldly looking. I think it's a lot of the classic stuff uh, still holds up, where I think uh, some stuff from not that long ago can be dated. Yep. I went more character driven on my list. Like I didn't think of individual. I did most of like, effects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Michael Key. I threw my list together actually pretty quickly because, as, as a disclaimer for those who are watching out there, I found out about the list like about five minutes before we we're going to start. So I, oh. I already had a, a list of movies, and I went, "Oh, okay, here's my 13." And I also want to say that my list has changed over the years. I'm sure it's been that way for everyone else. There's ones when you were a kid, it's like it meant one thing to you. And as you got older and you saw it again, you went, hmm, that doesn't quite hold up as well. And number 13 is one of those for me, 1943, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Nice. Uh, when I was a kid, it, it was, that was wonderful because I grew up watching television where I could end up seeing these movies. And... So I was watching anything that, you know, Universal Monster, I'd be all over it. And I had, it was great because you got Frankenstein, Monster, and the Wolfman in the same movie, which was, was, was really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was, my mind's eye was really great, but I, it wasn't until later that I started learning the actors' names, you know, okay, who's mm-hmm. Karloff and who's, you know, Lon Chaney Jr. And as an adult, when I started getting into makeup, I said, go back and revisit these movies. I went and I was like, oh, Karloff isn't playing the monster in this movie. It's a kind of Lugosi. a uh, Bella Lugosi. But yeah, they had them both in, in, the, in the movie. And as a tag on to that, too, which is great because it was the back lot of Universal in the early 40s, which is so many great films I love from that time. Casablanca, the Sherlock Holmes movies, all that. You see the same kind of arches and things that they that they reused. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a similar thing, though, because when I was a kid, that was uh, one of my favorite movies because the whole idea of, you know, two of my favorite monsters in a movie together. Uh, later on, like, I still enjoy it, but it's definitely not up there with, like, the other uh, universal, you know, classics. But it's still fun. It's still fun. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think we even had it in the old eight millimeter, Troy. Troy and I are brothers. I oh, think yeah. our grandfather had an eight millimeter projector and castle like films. Castle films. films. Yeah. 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 yeah, we had them. He used to play Watch that over and over. Over and over. Over and over. Frankenstein and the Wolfman. So many yeah. of those you'd have, end up like, you know, you'd have to kind of do in a piece of it and kind of splice it together and stuff. <laughs> you, you watched them so, so many times. Right, they were out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My number 12 is Uncle Frank and Hellraiser. Nice. Uh, I like all the different uh, transformations of him, but uh, especially when he's skinless, I think that's a pretty amazing look. Because uh, I always think that's probably, I don't know, because I've never done this, but I would think that's hard to pull off uh, to make uh, something smaller, you know, as, as opposed to making something with uh, bigger. Because uh, he has to be without the skin, so you'd have to make the person actually look physically, you know, uh, thinner. Mm-hmm. And it just looks very creepy. Yeah, it's super creepy. Even the stop motion in that I like. I know some people have a problem with the when he's transformed <laughs> to begin with, but but I, I like it. Uh, I love stop motion. All the makeup for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just picked him specifically, but yeah, all the Cenobites are, are great in them. Yeah, they're super cool. Uh, Michael Ladati. Mm. Okay, uh, another old one is uh, Charles Lawton's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, which I, I just thought was miraculously good. Uh, I, I like Lon Chaney's as well, but I love the childlike character that Charles Lawton created, and I thought the makeup was a perfect complement to that character. Uh, so very memorable, uh, and you know that's definitely one on my list. It's an inspiration for me. No, that that's one we, besides the Disney one. It's not one we've seen a lot of. Uh, uh, modern versions of, I guess, because it's hard to do a modern version of the Hunchback, unless you, you know, unless you do it a period piece. I don't know how you present them in modern day. Yeah, yeah you couldn't really have the character now, right? Uh, yeah, it seems like you may not. Yeah, it's it's a trickier thing. Uh, but I think the um, the story is still relevant even to our times as, yeah. as an outsider who's you know who's making their way into society. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to see someone uh, taken on, but, you know, the old one uh, definitely holds up. Uh, Aaron and then Michael. Um, I think we decided that it was the um, was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Was um, Basically, there's hard to choose from any of those in that film, but all of them are incre- all the makeups in that are incredible. They're just so vast. Like they just not only are is the flashback stuff, which is just beautiful makeup, but the you know the the wolfman, the werewolf, and the bat uh, makeup. It's just so it's like full body makeups. And I mean, head to toe, um, they're beautiful. Like all the makeups in it are great. So um, that was our pick. They're just so beautiful. And actually, I watched them. I watched it recently on our television and even more of the paint work comes out on the television than it did even seeing it in the theater, like because of the, the way that it was shot or the way that the television is just so much more, uh, you know, it's so much more defined now. And um, you could just see all these beautiful veins that Greg Cannon put in to the, uh, the old um, uh, Dracula makeup. And it's, it's stunning. It's just so stunning, and it's all foam. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Really pretty makeups. 
Now, before we get to Ray, uh, AJ here in the chat room, he wants to know, uh, when did you first discover you had a talent for special effects? You know, anyone can answer that who has a, a, a an answer. Well, I remember as a kid, I would, you know, go to the store and buy that vampire blood for 39 yes. cents in the corner store. Yeah. Put it all over our faces and walk around the neighborhood, me and my cousin crying, saying that we were in a car accident. <laughs> and uh, people be like, oh, oh, and we're like, oh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> but yeah. honestly, I got I think I got into it kind of later than a lot of, of the, you know, I was well, I was in my 20s by the time I started thinking about being a makeup artist. So I wasn't like 13 or, you know, as they say, I mean, you see so many kids that are 13 playing with it and. I was much, much later into it. But I didn't get into makeup until I was in London, which. Yes. Uh, I didn't get into makeup until I was 30, Craig. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's take that, Craig. I, I started oh, with a Mr. Hugo doll. It was a. It was oh, my a, gosh. A little hand puppet that came with noses and whack cuts yeah. and scars. And yeah. You could put them on yourself or on the. The puppet and that was oh, it's great. It had the little glue that you put on with the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We used to scare Neil with that. Yeah, when he was that's so come up on the show a lot because thing. the old uh, the trailer for Magic always that used to really scare me as a kid oh, because yeah. we had the Hugo doll. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I lied. Finally picked one off off of eBay recently, so I was nice. happy. Wow, <laughs> Hugo, we were inspired. Uh, we were inspired by Dick Smith's monster makeup handbook. Yes, that's what that I had. Was, that was my Bible. So we were we were pretty young when we started with makeup and, and effects stuff and, and 3D animation. Uh, but yeah, that that guided me toward a professional career. You know, I definitely very young because there were so many horror films that were on a Saturday, oh, so we always watched them when we were feature young. features. Oh, yeah, you got to pull that out, Craig. Uh, <laughs> so that's crappy work from oh my god like 30 <laughs> years ago that's uh, not crappy that's wonderful <laughs> i know it's reversed i'm sorry that it's reversed no i think i would think we see nine holy smokes oh that's so cool <laughs> it's your biggest fan lou he's got i'm telling you he's still he's got it <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right what's your number 12 my number twelve, as I, I mentioned earlier, was uh, Wild Bunch. The 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 blood and and the explosion. You know, it just you never saw anything like that at that time. And it was I didn't expect it. You know, I figured I was just going to go to a western, another you know cowboy movie, and yeah, and then everybody's getting shot, and one guy gets his throat cut, and you know, you actually see it, and the blood spurts out. So I mean, I mean, it was at the time considered a very violent film, one of the most violent films at that time, because up until that point, you know, there was a lot of violence in movies, but it was they were mild. I mean, they didn't really show all the blood or the yeah. aftermath. Yeah, I think that opened the floodgates. That yeah. and Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. And then I think Bonnie off. and Clyde was first. I think they were. I think that was a couple of years before. Yeah, I think Bonnie and Clyde was sixty-seven, and Wild Bunch was sixty-nine. Hmm. You know, and then Godfather also, and then Godfather. Made, uh, yeah, violence is a part of the story, really. Yeah. Uh, um, a poetic part of the story in the case of the Godfather. And now, I so remember those, those makeups were very inspiration for me. As they well. were, they were. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I remember my dad took me and my girlfriend to see Godfather, and I guess he didn't expect to see what he was going to see, and 
<laughs> I yeah, literally did not go to the movies after that. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, he, 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 you know, he grew up in the 30s and 40s. You never saw stuff like that. No, no, no. They just reacted. <laughs> and, of course, we were 16 years old, so I guess he was a little embarrassed with some of the stuff that was going on in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for your for yourself, Ray, when you see like uh, when you saw the violence at the time, did you you know think, oh wow, this is you know shocking, or were, was that like something you saw and like, wow, this is this is cool? I actually, I liked thought it was cool. Yeah. It was shocking, you know. It was, but I thought it was cool because I, you know, a few years later, I went and saw Walking Tall, and even though though that that wasn't as realistic maybe as as Wild Bunch was, it was still again, you know, I mean, when somebody got hit in the head with a bat, you really saw him. You know, there was a lot of blood. It wasn't just, yeah. you know, he got, he got, he fell over or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was very visceral. I mean, it was more realistic and more, I mean, there was actual consequence to the violence, mm-hmm. you know? You know, one, um, the, um, the chariot race scene in Ben-Hur is very violent and it's very real. Um, there, there are scenes in Ben-Hur that are extremely violent. And this is the 1950s. Right. Uh, yeah. The chariot race I mean, one guy gets hit by a chariot, and to this day, it looks like he really did. And there, it was always rumored that somebody was killed, but I don't think that there was. I think it was just a very well-placed dummy and all of that. But um, compare that with the newer version of Ben-Hur, where it's not believable at all, as over-the-top as it is, because it looks like they were really doing it back in the 50s, and it looked very dangerous. So, uh, you know. The violence continues, I guess. <laughs> 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 that evolution. You guys saw The Godfather on TV. I think I saw Godfather on TV. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. I mean, I think looking back, I was just like, starting to think, I, my parents let me watch a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't have been watching. I didn't watch a lot of stuff that had, they were like kind of drew the line in like the sex stuff, but they were fine with horror and gory stuff and and yeah. violence they were like just fine with it it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i think uh, about it my mom's the same for, way so. when i was a me. kid i mean we watched you know all these shows in the 60s you know the riflemen uh yeah you know, wanted dead or alive you know have gun i mean they were all guns i mean there was you know there was and there was a lot of people people got shot all the time but you never saw right. blood you never really saw that you know, right tying into the question that we had before about how he got started. I think it wasn't mentioned, but I'm sure everybody in here, uh, famous monsters of film land by Forrest Ackerman. Oh, that, that was a uh, huge inspiration. I think for all of us there. And also Absolutely. for me, because I was living in a little town in Texas and actually made it all where he, Forrest must have had some decent distribution because it made it to this little town. And uh, it's, you know, through that, that's been, what uh, has inspired a lot of us and, and being able to see uh, th- those makeups mm-hmm. and also find out who did the work too. Cause that, yeah, I was going to say, cause uh, it's pre, you know, wow. it's way before the internet. Uh, now, right. you know, people can see this stuff, you know, on social media and IMDb and stuff, but back then you'd have to kind of seek it out in a magazine. Right. FM was great for that. They were, they were a big, I, I found, I found FM in Germany in the PX in 1967. So he, I oh, guess wow. you're right. I guess Forey did have some wonderful <laughs> distribution. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow! Makeup became center stage in that magazine, you know, and, and it was focused on that and the characters. And you learn the the names of the actors and the secondary actors as well. I didn't really watch. I didn't really read uh, Famous Monsters until I was 
older because my brother is the one that had the Fangoria magazines. That's how I saw anything behind the scenes because <laughs> I think being a maybe being, being a girl, I didn't see as much of that stuff. And my brother's the one that brought home the Fangoria magazines. Mm-hmm. So even living like 30 miles from Los Angeles, it, it still should have been, it was, it might as well have been Mars anyways, because I didn't really have any access to, to any of that stuff. So um, I saw most of mine from Fangoria, but I, but I read famous monsters later when I got into the film business, I finally was able to buy all those. Uh-huh. Are, are there many women in them? In, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just wondering, are there many women in, um, in the makeup uh, field? Now, yeah. Well, there's absolutely. a lot. There's a lot. Um, a lot more now. When I first started, there was hardly. I mean, maybe a hand, like a handful, like four or five people, four, four or five women. But I mean, nowadays there's a lot. Um, like especially there's nice. a lot of women at department head now. But back yeah. when I started, there wasn't that many. When, when I went I, to school in '95, we had maybe two girls in the class. The rest were guys. Yeah. Right. You know? Now, when when I shoot out out of the country. I think in every country I've shot in, the makeup departments were all women in every country, in, in Canada, in Russia, in France, in Ireland, um, where else have I shot? But, but the makeup departments were all, always all women. And occasionally a guy would come on to do whatever. Um, but it, it just seems like it's, some, it's, it's a profession that, that women have really uh, taken an interest to and, and, and really taking a command of. I think part of it has to do with the internet, though, is that more more women are have access to horror and um, and makeup and everything yeah. because of the internet. And I think that you know, like that started to make a change over, like into <clears> the <throat> the mid, like late ni- the late nineties, maybe mm-hmm. things started to change. And now, like if you teach at any of the schools at cinema makeup school or mud, like there might be a guy in there, maybe one right. guy. Exactly. That, that's, that's it's really wild. It's so different than uh, what it was. Yeah, I see that now. The classes, like one, two guys and the rest are all women. Yeah, they're all girls. Yeah. All the classes at mud, they're all girls now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Especially teaching ball cap and all these girls have all this hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who are we on for number 12? Louie? Uh, okay. Um, I, my old TV show, Twilight Zone, Eye of the Beholder. Yeah. And mostly the stuff from Twilight Zone I loved and watching the Eye of the Beholder or even the one where they have the masks and they take the masks off. And yeah. Disfigure. Those always got me. Those are always my favorite. Yeah. And then, so sorry to be Twilight Zone. And then getting to try and reproduce some of those makeups over the years have been pretty awesome. To get right. the opportunity to read do those yeah ray did the eye of the beholder for, for we we did it me louis and it, yeah. you know was, oh, okay that was, we were all there together together that was you my first it, right louis my, my, my first season of this and i stayed all night to sculpt all the who's oh yeah <laughs> and run oh. the foam and have those ready by saturday night and we, oh, we did four of them yep did will will and molly or molly chris Catan and jim brewer i think jim brewer that's right yeah and then Norm was uh, uh, Rod Serling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, Pamela, and Pamela Anderson was the one that was in yeah, the Yeah, Pamela Anderson, that's right. <laughs> she was nice, too. She, she, she was, was very she was cool, great. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of Norm MacDonald. What, what's he like? Oh, yeah. He, he's a blast. He's, he was. He, would have a, he was having a phone on in his ear the whole time trying to put, put a makeup on him or any time we did anything for him. He was, <laughs> he was, he was, he was a character. 
Yeah. He was always Bob Dole, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or Burt Reynolds. Or Burt Reynolds, yeah. So good as Burt Reynolds. <laughs> oh, my God. God. That was so good. The Star Wars, Wars things we did. Oh. Him as Burt Reynolds was just amazing. <laughs> my dad still talks about that. He brings it up all the time. He always sends me clips of really? Norm as, as Burt Reynolds. <laughs> the, uh, Craig, number 12. Number 12 is the makeups from Gargoyles. Remember that oh, television wow. movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stan yeah. I remember saying that as a kid. And, you know, my mom was a big horror movie fan, so she watched it, and I was just like, look at it. Wow. It was, yeah, Gargoyles. It's my number 12. Even the wings and stuff were great. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Key, you're number 12. I'm going to go with uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Nice. Oh, nice. Great film, some great designs. <laughs> Our friends at DDT in, in uh, Spain created those, all those makeups. and uh, Just wonderful. Doug Jones plays two different characters. And it's a Guillermo del Toro film, so what more can you want? Yep. Mm-hmm. It checks yeah. all the boxes. <laughs> that was on our list, too. Uh, Troy, you're number 12. Number 12 is uh, the Gill Man from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Just, mm-hmm. That's one of mine, too. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yep. just so amazing. Just so beautiful. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. <clears throat> yeah, for me, like the perfect like creature, I guess. Just, you know. Yeah, I agree. Just the look is just so great. Yeah. Uh, the underwater scenes are still like beautiful, and oh, like, yeah. you know, when he's mirroring her uh, movement in the water. And, yeah, balletic. My mom said she almost passed out when she saw that in the theater. That <laughs> it was so terrible. She said she'd never seen anything like it before. Like she'd never seen anything that scary before. And like to be having someone swimming, just having a nice time in the water, and then there was a creature that was underneath her. She said she almost, she almost passed out. <laughs> There's an article, if you can find it, in a popular science magazine from back then with uh, Bud Westmore and them talking about making the creatures from Black Lagoon. And they said something like 500 gallons of foam latex or some, some, some really large wow. number that they did. They talk about it. They may have embellished it, but... That's a lot of foam latex. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Oh, my God. One of the highlights for me doing the show is we had Ben Chapman on the show who played the creature oh, so and, cool. and the land scenes. Oh, and he mentioned, like, uh, part of the contract was he couldn't gain, like, even or, or lose he had, like any weight at all because it was sculpted exactly to his body, uh, the suit. Oh, and, like, gosh. if he even gained a little bit of weight, it wouldn't fit him anymore. Yeah. Do you remember what – what? because he sent us a – a copy of his original contract. It was so yeah, cool. the fifth, 1954 contract. And he was, yeah, I think he paid $300. Much, is that what it was? $300 to play the, yeah. And no royalties or anything. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only 300 bucks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the most iconic. And he was all happy about it. He said, you know, at the time, it was like, yeah, ooh, you know. Beats working for a living. Uh, later on, you know, he did go in the conventions, but that would have been, you know, decades later. They weren't around at the time. But it's pretty wild. Uh, number 11 for me uh, is The Incredible Melting Man. Oh, nice. Good choice. Uh, the movie itself is maybe not the best, but uh, <laughs> but but the makeup's awesome. Cool. I had the old uh, mask when I was a kid with just the elastics that go around your ears. and the... <laughs> <laughs> It's really a movie you just watch to see him melt throughout the film. <laughs> Piece of yeah. trivia on that. Uh, when I was working for Rick, actually, it was the same time Aaron and I were there for uh, Grim, 
yeah, for Gremlins 2. And I asked Rick Baker, uh, who will have done a number of the makeups mm-hmm. we'll talk about. I said, which, which movie was it that got you into the union? And I was thinking one of these epic films, and it was Incredible Melting Man that got him into Oh, was the, it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Not Star Wars. <laughs> not, you know, <laughs> <Incredible> <laughs> I love it, yeah. And I, for it's not thrilled you with the makeup, but I just love in the movie that he they just call him Steve throughout the movie. <laughs> I just find that very comical. That's so funny. It's hard to watch the movie because I keep watching the Mystery Science Theater version. When I had the director on the show, which was very cool too, he said he his original cut of the movie is like a, a comedy, but they made him like re, they cut they cut the movie themselves to make it more horror but he he likes his original version a lot better oh maybe they'll make a director's cut okay. that's what i told him but. yeah totally uh michael adotti yeah um um an american werewolf in london was a big influence on me when i saw that transformation scene i was like that's it this is what i'm doing yes uh, it was just amazing and I, I, I really love it. It, it. To me, it was all stagecraft. You know, I, I could just see the hand of the artist in every frame of that, you know, controlling it and moving it. And uh, that was truly inspirational. Uh, plus, I liked the movie as a whole. It, it, it had humor. It moved well. And, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. You know? mm-hmm. but, but that transformation scene. Was, yeah. was probably you know, a milestone in, in my life. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's the best transformation scene in any movie. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it's, it's like so, all done right in light, you know, you can see everything's happening. Yeah. I think because it's practical, it doesn't date itself. We're, we're, right. You know, the CGI sometimes will date a movie because CGI has gotten better over the years. So when you have something that's done practically, it happens in real time right in yeah. front of you. And yeah, I think it's happening. Will continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite all-time films. Oh yeah, I can watch it over and over. Again. I just watched it the other day, and it's like coming. sometimes I'll just put it on and listen to it because it's such a great soundtrack too. Oh yeah. But then okay, every time it starts, when they start to transform, I just stand there and watch it. That's so good. You just sit there. It's and, yeah, it's just on it. Oh, it's I got to watch it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so good, so and it's such cool. a funny movie too. So many yeah. cool effects movies came out at that time too. That oh yeah, year. you know, I mean, the thing and and uh, right, I think and, and uh, wasn't um, I think Howling came out that year, year yeah. too, right? Or was that a, a yeah? It was how I think there was three like wolf movies because uh-huh. it was Howling and Wolfen and uh, America Wolf in London. I think all the same yeah. year. I think that shower scene with Ginny Augerter that made me stop and look too. Every time that well, happened, yeah, stop <laughs> well, yeah. I think everybody was like, "Whoa, about that." Mm-hmm. Shower scene, <laughs> and then they had, and then wasn't when was Company of Wolves? That was another one that was really. Yeah, I think it was a few years after. Was yeah, like, that was really good. That was too. another one that was great when the face comes out of the. Yeah, the, so the, good. Oh. Totally different take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was a good couple years there, eighty one, eighty two. And I, I always I like the comedy too because the comedy's not over the top. Like right. both the comedy and the horror work in the movie. So you can kind of, yeah. it's kind of underscored that the comedy. It's like a buddy film. It's a romance. It's a horror film. It's comedy. It's got yeah. it touches on all the good, all um, the good stuff. It's a lot of fun. 
good acting. Yeah, good acting. Yeah, there's Nazis in it. It's everything. It's got Frank. It's got everything. It has Nazis. (laughs) That's a clip I'm going to use. Everything to to promote the show. It's got Nazis in it. Uh, Aaron and Michael. I just thought of one because we've mentioned a few of the ones that we like also, but I just thought of another one since we were talking about all the makeups and it's not necessarily, um, I mean the, the vampire, the actual vampire makeup is a makeup, but um, Salem's lot has some absolutely incredible, not only just, not only the, the main vampire in it, but I just watched it again last year and I was so surprised. Yes. <laughs> so good. It's terrifying. Number one, it's absolutely terrifying that it was on television because it was so oh, scary. Yeah. But if you actually look at the makeups that are done on the people that are, that are the vampires, it's all just out of kit makeups and it's, they're really stunning. And the glowing eyeballs are really uh, the contacts, I guess that they use are super, super, it's a well, very well, very successfully done makeup, and they're very scary. And um, I just, I the whole, the whole entire show is really, uh, really holds up well. Mm-hmm. I agree. A little kid at the window still. Oh my god! Even though he's on like a little like yeah. you know, parallelogram, it still is. I just think it's so creepy. It's just in the window. Yeah. Let me when, in. Ah! When famous monsters of filmland came up, like. Uh, that that was something that scared me in, in the magazine was seeing the the uh, the image of the little kid in the in the window. Oh, because I was just like, it's wow, so that's creepy. creepy. It, that and Martin always last year watching it. Yeah. Kids freak me out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> especially undead children. Yeah, or you just meant yeah. children in, in general. Yeah, in general. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't. Uh, <laughs> that Asian kid from uh, that fourth. Oh, Never mind. <laughs> That, that little Asian kid in the closet of uh, the grudge was it the grudge? Of oh, the grudge. Who scared the shit out of me? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Ray, what's your number eleven? Uh, I would say Dawn of the Dead, the seventy-eight version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like Flyboy. I noticed that right behind you as soon as you came on. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite zombie movie. Yeah, so. I thought that the way it was acted too, not just the makeup yeah. I mean, when he came out of the elevator and all that. And it just was very, very creepy and, uh, you know, disturbing, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I like that one. I mean, it was Tom Savini and, you know, some of the way the zombies were killed off. And you know, even though it was, you know, in the later seventies, you know, a lot of violence and a lot of gore effects have already taken place in a lot of movies, but I still found that to be, you know, uh, you know, when you when you think about Night of the Living Dead being in black and white, and it was kind of it was terrifying for that day, but it wasn't as bloody. But Dawn of the Dead really topped it. You know, and the makeups and stuff were cool. No, oh, yeah, honestly, that's my favorite zombie movie. And uh, I know a lot of people like the remake. Like, uh, I think I'd probably like it better if it wasn't called Dawn of the Dead because I, I think the original one's so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took Plus place pie in, fights in, in, a play, you know, in a shopping mall, too, which everybody yeah. can relate to, you know, mm-hmm. instead of some haunted woods or something like that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. just in a shopping mall, it was just, it was a, that was a great idea. Yeah. And it seemed fun to hang out in the sh- in the in the mall. You could go to the stores and look a good time. It was great. Years later, I was working in Pittsburgh, and we had to go. We took the Monrovia, that's the Monrovia Mall, and 
just walking around in the mall going, oh, and that's where, and that's the, where the yeah. ice skating rink, you know, it's just, it was cool to just walk through the mall. Yeah, I think they just took out the escalator uh, recently. And I, cause I have a friend who, uh, who, who does some tours of that. And I think he kept part of the escalator. Oh, which really? I, that was pretty wild. But I don't know where you, I guess you couldn't keep the whole escalator. It would take a lot of <laughs> Put it on oh. the outside and take it up to the second floor of your house. <laughs> Just keep it outside, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Louis, what is your number 11? You know, I'm going to stick with some dead. Uh, Day of the Dead was one, another one of my that I, It's just funny and goofy and campy and got a bub in there, you know, that bub yeah. makeup was fun. It was, uh, it was one I was just... Choke on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where all the that story of of the the real intestines is from right yeah and then, oh is it really and, I didn't you know left that out overnight and... <laughs> yeah um <sighs> you know i like dawn of the dead better i do think the effects of day of the dead is probably the best of the, of the romero zombie movies it was one but of i think dawn of the dead's a better movie but I, I do like the effects of day of the dead oh yeah you get nicotero getting his head blown off cut off and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and Bob's amazing. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, Craig, what's your number 11? Arthur Grimsdyke. Do you remember oh, him? Nice. Roy Aston? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that Tales about? from the Crypt? Or, um, Tales from the Crypt. the Crypt. Troy, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Wait, tell me his mic is off. Oh, Troy, your mic is off. <laughs> You're cushing. Which segment from uh, Tales from the Crypt? Which one? Which segment was that? Yeah. That's the one where the guy, it's uh, Peter Cushing. He plays that really nice guy. And there's a guy that keeps me- uh, messing with him. Yeah, his neighbors. His neighbors keep oh, messing with oh, him. Oh, excellent. Because they want him to move. They want to buy the property, right? Yeah. The, yeah. That's it. Yep. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like when I started in the theaters, it was like, oh, my God. Now you look at it now on TV and you kind of go, yeah, I can see the screen yeah, covering th- his eyes. I thought the same then, thing, Craig. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember like, it was like back amazing. in the day, right. And But mm-hmm. Cushing was so perfect anyway because he was so gone. Like right. he looked like a zombie anyway. So Right, right. Yeah. He was just the perfect guy to do that to, I think. But you're right. I, I noticed the same thing with the eyes where he's got like the little screens <laughs> over him. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, I wish I wouldn't have seen that. Do you think that's like just um, because they might brighten the movie up too much? It could be today. Thank you. Maybe the lighting, you know, because you know, you think, think about I, it because how how deep they could make the eye sockets, and the light gets in there, it's going to reflect off the screens, and you're going to see it. Because I do think on occasion, sometimes when they restore movies, um, they actually brighten them up too much, and. Uh, some of the shadows were, you know, used to hit, to hide things and were intentional and right. not necessarily this. Right. Not every movie, but there's certain ones. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is much better if you watch like an old uh, bad copy of the film as opposed to like a, a restored version. Tales from the Crypt, I thought the scariest sequence actually was the blind uh, the blind thing where they and they trapped a guy and created that whole thing with the razor blades and the dog coming. Yeah, his, yeah, his dog shut the light starved off. him for like a few <laughs> days or whatever. Yeah. Horrifying. Uh, I like the Joan Collins segment with the Santa Claus. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that good. One's, that one's good in every one they've done, I think, because the old EC Comics one is so good, and then um, the HBO one's real good with that one too. Yeah, and it's a really different take because HBO one's really uh, comedic, and then yeah, the, uh, the yeah. one with Joan Collins, uh, the, it's a much more uh, gritty, realistic uh, Santa Claus. Yeah. And I think I in the OVC, I think uh, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Jack Davis that did that one, but like the Santa in it is really deranged looking too. If you can if you can find an old like you know uh, reprint or something, like it's it's a great one. Michael Ooh. Key, what's your number eleven? I'm gonna go with um, the first Alien movie. I don't know if I'd be in this business if it hadn't been for that film and finding the first issue of Cinematastique and then talking about that. Yeah. There's so many great designs in there. The face hugger, the chase, the chest burster, and of course the big guy. And what a great story, incredible mm-hmm. sets and, and the amazing Ridley Scott amazing. scaring the pants out of all of us. Um, just an incredible movie. Can't argue with that. Troy, what's your number 11? I think he's muted again. I am. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I got the uh, Cannibal Hillbillies from Wrong Turn. Oh, really? Okay. 11. I really dug those. I just thought, like, all the different characters were so good and how they had each one had a different look. That might be my most modern one on my list, but uh, I, I dig the – and how can I like go wrong too. with – yeah, Cannibal Hillbillies. Got a lot of them. I agree. <laughs> Let's see. One of my we're... best friends are Cannibal Hillbillies. <laughs> uh, number 10. We're to number 10 out of 13 here. So I have uh, Society, which is a very bizarre movie, but I just love the, especially the end when you just have all the weird body makeup and people are, they have like a big orgy and everyone's. Uh, melding into each other and it's just a, a bizarre crazy movie and I, I like to watch it so society is number 10 for me it's a good one which it, it was on shutter recently i don't know if it's still there or not but... i'll have to check it out and see if it's there yeah michael adotti you're number 10 um i'd say the elephant man oh wow that's a good one john you have lightning outside so like something. yeah the storm is starting behind me yeah, yeah i'm starting here too yeah. Getting scary. I'm going to lower my light. It added to the atmosphere. atmosphere. I, thought, yeah. was, <laughs> I thought maybe it was a special effect you did for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love the elephant man. It, that, that goes back to my early makeup inspirational period, was seeing that film and seeing how important the makeup was to the overall story and, and how, how well it played with, with John Hurt playing that part and the, the humanity that comes through the makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it a real success for me. Yeah, that's a good point, because if the makeup uh, didn't work, the movie wouldn't work. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, it absolutely worked. And he really looked like the guy, too. He really looked like John Merrick. They, they got a very close likeness. You know, they weren't afraid of it. They didn't tone it down at all. You know. Is Chris Tucker? Is that who did that? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Tucker. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing makeup. Uh, Aaron and Michael, number 10. Um, let's see. Oh, I was going to show this too to Craig, Is um, but Craig left. <laughs> All right, so, here. 
is that um, Rick did a Grimstein oh, yeah. makeup. Nice. Oh, nice. He did that for our Halloween party a couple years wow. ago. He came as that. And um, and nobody knew it was him. So he like really liked that, that nobody knew it was <laughs> him at awesome. our party. And he just walked great. around and had a good time and nobody knew it was him. <laughs> It was really great, though. though. Yeah, yeah well, I know it's they did cotton in latex, you know. Uh, in, on uh, Walking Dead, they did a tribute. They did a uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, I think we would like to. Uh, we, um, you guys mentioned Gilman before, but one of my favorite and our favorite makeups is the Gilman from Monster Squad mm-hmm. oh, that nice. Steve Wang and uh, Matt Rose did, and it's just, it's still just so stunning. I mean, all the me- all the monsters in that are cool, but that one in particular is just um, uh, really stands out, and the way that Tom Woodruff performed in the suit is really ex- ex- exceptional. It's just really cool. Yeah, I love that movie. The what, paint uh, job is great. It really holds up well. I just watched it the other day again, and it's really good. Yeah, Tommy Noonan's Frankenstein was great too. Oh yeah, yeah. The, oh, so good. It's such a it's a the really pretty, yeah. um, well done, uh, subtle Frankenstein makeup. Yeah, and a cheap plug for Without Your Head. Uh, my interview with Tom Noonan is on the special edition Monster uh, Squad uh, Blu-ray oh, cool. that was, uh, put out in Germany. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's had quite a career. Yeah, but that's um, that's got a lot of just different looking take on cl- classic monsters. But um, mm-hmm. but the Gilman in particular is very stunning. The paint job is incredible. I mean, the the design is great, but the paint the paintwork is amazing. Uh, Ray, what's your number ten? My number ten uh, is the monsters. Oh, very nice. I, I always I always was appreciated. You know, first of all, you know it was a Frankenstein. And, you know, I never got to really see the original monster movies until later on because I was in Europe for so many years and then they didn't show on TV that much. Uh, so, but the monsters was on, you know, they were on reruns and used to be able to see that. And, and, you know, I always came to appreciate, you know, later on, I came to appreciate, you know, how much, how that must've been to have done those makeups every day and to maintain those makeups. I mean, they're, they're basically paint and powder makeups yeah. Except for Herman's headpiece and and uh, Grandpa, I think he had a nose. He had a nose, I think. But you know, to maintain and to you know, I mean, it, over the year, I mean, over the episodes and over the course of the, I think it was two seasons. You know, they did they did change. But I always found that, and, and it was shot like a Universal horror film. You know, it had the dark. It was dark, and it you know had the it was creepy. You know, unlike the Adams Family, which was just a black and white sitcom. But, you know, the monsters just had the feel of, you know, even though it was a comedy, it was still like being in a haunted house. And yeah. And, you know, every occasionally they had a wolf man or a creature, you know. But, um, you know, but to me, I always appreciated as later on as I became an artist and became a makeup artist, just how how they were handled, how well, you know, the paint and powder was and the, the highlight and shading. But you can also see the mistakes sometimes. And sometimes they didn't make up the arms on Lily. You know, you can see her arms were darker than her face was sometimes, you know. But there was an Uncle Gilbert the creature. Yeah, Uncle Black Gilbert Lagoon. was a creature. I forgot what the wolfman was. Um well, I guess he the kid, more, right? Was was that, but he looked more like um uh he didn't look like Lon Chaney's Wolfman, he looked more no. like the werewolf that a yeah. movie that well he had a he had the doll though, didn't he? The doll wolfman. Yeah. He was called Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. Well Eddie had the doll. Yeah. 
so yeah, that that to me is you know I was very inspired by that. But because at that time too, it's when I got my I was reading famous monsters and I was learning about makeup and also I had the uh, Dick Smith Do Yourself Monster Makeup. So you know, I did, it just started really come together for me as a kid. And they had the cars, so cars. <laughs> that's what you like. Regular, yeah. So good. It is. I love the monsters, Louis. Um, you know, like my list is not in order. So one of my that's favorites right. was Lost Boys. Oh, that's Yay! just those makeups that Canem did. They were just beautiful. I just loved them, and they really inspired me. They were it was they were great. <laughs> And I still believe. Yeah. The song. If no one knows yeah. what I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's an awesome movie. That guy was at Monster Palooza selling like uh, oil for your body. Like yeah. Body oil. <laughs> really? He stepped right into it. Yeah. Owned it. Yeah, he's, a, he's on all, the, all those circuits. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he is. I had him on the show. Did, I did like a two hour interview with him on the show. He's oh, you did? Oh, cool. That's cool. <laughs> He's a really interesting guy. He's like, a, you know, I thought it'd be fun to have him on to talk about that, but he's a, you know, a big history with uh, work with a lot of huge musicians. And he's yeah. a really nice, interesting guy. Yeah, no, the mate, that was a great one. And just the movie, that's another one that whenever it's on, I got to stop and watch. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> another one that works is both a comedy and a horror. Yeah, exactly. At the I time can't. when it came out, though, I, I liked Lost Boys, but. Um, most of my colleagues and peers were like, "Oh no, near dark." That's that's the that's yeah, the like that one a lot too. Yeah, they were about that. And I'm like, I don't know. I like Lost Boys. <laughs> this is this is the good one. Now nobody remembers Near Dark unless you know. You're, unless you're a horror guy, but yeah, it's definitely a much more. And I think uh, Lost Boys has grown in popular. It was popular then too, but it's like a classic now. And yeah, Near Dark is more like uh, the obscure. Yeah, hardcore horror fan knows it, but Lance not a lot of is so good in that, though. Bill Paxton was in. No. Yeah, yeah. Paxton and Jeanette Goldstein, the one that played in. Yeah, they were both in Aliens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lance Hendrickson was the main yeah. kind of vampire. I mean, yeah, the... yeah, he lost it because he's a thin guy anyway. But he got like super skinny for that role. He looks like so sickly. <clears throat> Uh, Craig, what is your number 10? My number 10 is the makeups from the Island of Dr. Moreau. Not the new mm-hmm. one, but the one the Burmans did. Yeah. So those are my, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, there was so many. It was like, I remember seeing that movie. We had a blackout in New York. Uh, when that movie came out, and I won tickets to see it for free from like the law, from the New York Post, and I couldn't go that day because there was a blackout, and they didn't uh, want to honor the tickets because it was. I said, yeah, "There was a blackout. How am I going <laughs> to?" So I saw it. The, I saw it the next day. I got like a somewhere. I that if you see me leave, it's because when you guys talk, I go, "Oh, I got something for that." <laughs> I got, I got the, uh, I got the, the, you know, the the movie book about that movie you know the movie book about that movie and got all the makeups in it and i got the chris tucker makeups like pictures when they had at them the museum of the moving image they had the makeups on display and so i was trying to find those pictures so trying to you know find stuff trying to make myself look cool <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to try craig you are cool. thank Aww. you 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but that's one of my that's my number ten is uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau, the one with um, uh, Michael was it York Michael and York, yeah. Burt Lancaster. Uh, Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah. That's Barbara Carrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, who was the lawgiver in that? It was um, guy from What's Journey to the. No. Who was it? A guy that played Captain Nelson. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of his name. Steve, you. What was his? Oh, yeah. I could find. I could try I to find. Yeah. I can't remember his name. What is the law? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goes to the House of Pain. I call the dentist the House of Pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and who? I think it was Lagosi in the old. Lagosi uh, was the Sarah of the Law. Yeah, in the, in the, in the House of Island of, House. No, Island of Lot Souls, right? Charles Lawton. With Charles Lawton. Yep, yep. I love that one too. That's such that a great. That one almost made my list. Richard Basehart was the Sarah of the Law. Richard Basehart. Yeah. Right. He was the captain of the Sea View. Yep. yep. <laughs> Him and David Edison in that one. Yeah. Uh, Michael Key, what's your number 10? Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, with Roy Ashen's great uh, makeup on Oliver Reed. Oh, good. You know, so most good. of the British Hummer films, I, th- I felt like they w- were like not good versions of, of what was being done with Universal. But I thought with this particular movie that he knocked it out of the park. He had a really more original design. He had a great actor which to put it on. Yeah. But um, it's a yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Yeah. I like, I like the origin in that too, like with the whole curse thing more than like being bitten by a werewolf. I thought that was kind of cool. You can't go you can't go wrong with Oliver Reed. No, no, Oliver Reed's a man. It was a great part. It played a good part. I wouldn't want to put a makeup on him though. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably not a good time. No. <laughs> probably worse later on in his life, but yeah. Uh what's your number ten, Troy? Um, my number ten, there's so many different parts of it, but I think just uh John Carpenter's the thing. Like just, you know, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite makeup from it, but I think just it in general, just right. everything yeah. that happens in it's just amazing. Well, that's a game. This is the board game, it's, which is very fun. See, yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about that because I wanted to put the thing down, but I was like, is it a makeup or is it a That's what I was about. Oh, yeah, good point. I did too. I mean, but there's 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 a lot of makeups in that as well. You know, the the amputee that they put the the stunt mask on. That's so good. So many amazing things in that movie that you just don't think about. You're like, oh, man. So good. Part that makes you wince the most, though, is when Kurt Russell takes the X-Acto blade and cuts his thumb. (laughs) <laughs> because that's yeah. is that in the game? Is the game well, where you prick you, your finger? No, but you can test everyone to see if they're if they are the if they are the thing or not. Which oh is wow, really interesting! And part of the game is it, it promotes like lying because one of you <laughs> might be the thing, and if you are, you're going to keep it from everybody, and you try to sabotage everything else. And it, it really builds up. It's just a really a good, good game. paranoia in that game. It is. It builds yeah. a par- And when we played oh, it, uh, at a, it's awesome. We played at a convention, and we all thought um, – I forget her name, but it was uh, a friend of ours' girlfriend was playing with – and we all thought she was the um, the thing. So we all voted to burn her with the fire <laughs> – with, with the, the flamethrower. Flame and so we killed her and, uh, in the game. 
And then she wasn't the thing. And then, like, I still kind of feel guilty about that. I'm like, man, we killed this poor. <laughs> That's a powerful game. Then. It is, yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds cool. But of course, you have to have a bunch of people to have it be more fun. Yeah, you really, yeah, yeah you have to, yeah, yeah, it's best with a bunch of people. Uh, was that, uh, Troy, did you do your intent? Yep. That was the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, got this started. Yeah. Uh, number nine for me are the Deadites and Evil Dead 2. Oh, nice. Uh, it's just a fun movie. It's like a it's like a horror version of Looney Tunes. It's just nonstop <laughs> uh, craziness going on, and uh, it's good times. So yeah, Evil Dead too. I was gonna pick Evil Dead, but probably the effects are better in Evil Dead too. But uh, Evil Dead two are good. Henrietta, yeah. that costume, that whole makeup was yeah, nice. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. We got to do we, years ago. We did a broad, off-Broadway version of Evil Dead the musical, which was kind oh, of wow. Yay. I think they did a tour around in a couple of cities around, but it was just oh, wow. so. It was fun. It was just goofy and campy, but it was just great. Like oh, Evil man. Dead the musical. Yeah, I never, I never <laughs> I saw that. I definitely go see, see that. Yeah. yeah. Just the first three rows were the splash zone. So if you were in the first three rows, you're going to get one. You were gonna, <laughs> They would give out ponchos, and you were just going to get them. That's so cool. It was a fun one. Sounds like a good time. Unfortunately, I guess you can't do it at the moment, but hopefully uh, someday we can go to live events and get uh, goop spread on us. Uh, Michael Ladotti. Uh, I have to say Lon Chaney's Wolfman. Yeah. The inspiration for me. I think it's a perfect makeup. And it's a, it's a perfect movie, too. I, uh, I, I think it holds up really well. Lon Chaney, you know, is just very memorable. Uh, and the entire cast, Bela Lugosi, Maria Opsinskaya, you know, all of it. It's, it's a perfect universal horror movie, I think. Uh, the set design, the lighting, the music. Music was awesome. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's it just all contributes to a, a perfect period uh, horror movie. So that was an inspiration for me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's it's hard for me not to put all the Universal monster movies on the list. Yeah, yeah, that's a, all the same guy too. <laughs> I think that was how my list started. I think I had like twelve Universal movies and then mm-hmm. one other thing. And like, <laughs> nah, I don't know. I gotta fiddle around. Uh, Aaron and Michael, you're number nine. Uh, our, our number nine. Oh, first, I wanted to um, say to Lou, you're. Your uh, live performance was probably like going to a Guar concert, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> our our next one is Abe Sapien from Hellboy. Oh, nice. As well as Hellboy. Hellboy was a beautiful man. Yeah, that's as well. true. Yeah. But Abe Sapien kind of blew doors. You know, it was amazing. Yeah, Tom Flouts for Spectral yeah. Motion, right? The paint job. Beautiful. And then Doug Jones, of course, um, just is so incredible as as Abe Sapien. But it's just their all around very stunning and unusual makeup. It's really cool. Yeah, how much has Collar just sold on the prop? Oh yeah, I just was. I was telling. Um, uh, I was telling. Um, um, just earlier, well, before with that, I've been watching the prop store auction for the last two days. Mm-hmm. And his collar just sold, the Abe Sapien collar just sold for like, I don't even think it was like $25,000 or something. Oh, wow. 
And like his goggles sold for 15,000 or something is insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. Craig bought it and he was going to wear it on the show here. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Mike. One minute. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, Ray, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine comes from The Exorcist. Uh, while Reagan and all that was awesome, you know, the, you know, all the makeups that were done on, uh, on, on Linda Blair. But what I really liked was Father Marin. Yes. Maxwell Seedow. I didn't know at the time that this was makeup. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was a wonderful age makeup. And so, you know, I just, that's one of my favorites, you know, because later on, you know, seeing Max von Sydow, you know, obviously he wasn't that old, you know, so Dick Smith did a great job. Beautiful. Can't spot a problem with that makeup. It's just beautiful. It just, you know, I just, I, I just assumed that Max Wincito, that was that, that's how old he was. Yep. Yeah. It's never yeah. occurred to me that he was in makeup mm-hmm. and he played so much, you know, it wasn't just like a couple scenes and he was gone. I mean, he was part of the movie, you know, integral part. Yeah. And Dick created so many products for that. Like he, you know, to packs and the agers for yeah. that. He yeah. came up with so many things during that movie. Yeah, absolutely. That was genius. What he did was taking and do a stretch and stipple job on Max so he could have that texture so he could combine that with appliances. Sorry, mm-hmm. this could be a little technical. I don't know if your mm-hmm. audience cares mm-hmm. about that, but that's that's the absolute genius of Dick Smith. Yeah, he was amazing. What he what he did, you know, what he innovated. Oh, uh, Louis you're number nine. Um, one of the things that got me that it's you know again. One of my inspirations was the the apes from the original Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, back when I was a kid, we didn't have VCRs or DVD players. We would come home. There was the four thirty movie and Apes Week. You used to come home and watch. Yes, Apes, apes every, Week. Every day you would watch a different each one of the ape movies, you know, and be glued yeah. to the TV. Oh my gosh, I would, you know, my friends would be like, "We're gonna go outside." No, I'm watching Apes Week. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla Week. Gamera Godzilla week, week. Yeah, Godzilla week. week. Gamera week. You'd have a different, you know. I loved Gamera so much. Oh, one of my favorites too. I oh my gosh. Yeah. The house. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I had the pleasure. Of, I, I I met John Chambers in 1981. I, oh, I went wow. to really? his studio wow. in L.A. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I, it was so cool. It was his garage and. He, he had the zero makeup, uh, you know, a bust of her oh. under glass and all. Wow. It was really a place. He was a really cool guy. That, that reveal in the original Planet of the Apes, when they you see the guns, you hear the, you know, and all of a sudden you they oh, yeah. show you the, the ape on the horse, and you that yeah. still today, to me, just like blows me away. It's shocking. It, it was shocking at the time. Another one that if the makeup, if the makeup didn't work, the movie would right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I saw yeah. Planet of the Apes on a double feature in '71 when Beneath the Planet of the Apes came out. <laughs> nice first, but seeing Planet of the Apes second still. Oh, really? It's really weird, but yeah, <laughs> still blew me away. So just seeing, wow. even though I had yeah. seen the second movie first. Uh-huh. I like seeing all of the um, the outtakes of the the earlier versions of those makeups. Yeah, 
we've seen those. But uh, it wasn't Eddie G. Robinson was Doctor yeah. Zayas, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? In, in one of the early ones? Yeah, he was. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's almost yeah. like Dr. more humanish than he was like with the snout and. If you yeah, it's on the DVD set. They have like Beyond the oh. Planet of the Apes or something like that. It's on the DVD. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to look for that. And uh, <laughs> Sal Minio was was supposed to play too, but he passed out oh. or something. He couldn't wear the wow. the appliances. Oh, no. uh, was he to play uh, Cornelius? Maybe I don't remember if it, if he was. I think he was. I think he was. I'm, I'm not sure it was Cornelius, but he was tested. Oh. play and and I, I you know I, I read that a couple of times that he just couldn't wear that he passed out or something wow yeah. Edward G Robinson I don't know I'm an ape see I'm an ape <laughs> 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 you human you there's a screen test uh, that's the first makeup there's a screen test with him in Heston and it's actually really really good you should check it out Oh yeah, you better not follow me. I'm pretty handy with this. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm sure. I can see that. I think I watched the TV show first before I saw the movies. The TV uh, show was great, though. I loved yeah. it as a kid. I had a Zira doll. I remember that. I was like I the models from the TV, eight, seven oh, or yeah. eight. Zira doll. Yeah. The Mego toys were wall. great. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I got all the well. The um, the the Adar was the company that first produced the models kits, but the, they've been oh. coming out with them again. So I got almost all of them. I know I should get another with Zero Doll. I love that. I love Sherry. <laughs> 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 I did. Zero. Yeah, one of the greatest they're... endings of any movie. Yeah, oh. yeah. So good. All I remember is Spaceballs gone. Oh shit. <laughs> 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 Uh, AJ Zyla, before we get to uh, Craig's uh, number nine, uh, is there a movie character that any of you guys would uh, like to do your own touch on? That's one of my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Uh, can I do the honorable mention just to sure. kind of say it? Why not? Anyone ever seen a movie called The Beast of Blood? Yes. You know, no, the, I'm sure I've seen this. These things. I always want, wanted to do this guy again. I don't know if how good it'll come out, but I don't know if you can see him. The Chlorophyll Man. Oh. Don oh, yeah. Ramon from, from Beast of Blood. He would be one I would love to, because actually, we were talking about what inspired as a kid. I remember seeing this movie. You know, we'll talk about seeing certain movies as a kid. This movie was G-rated. That's what we saw so many of them as kids. And, you know, you cut someone's head off. That's good. But show boobs. Oh, no, no, no. But, <laughs> um, but I remember and I would actually take aluminum foil and put it over my hand and little put pieces of paper that look like this, the, the bones. And I would walk around the house like that. That was like kind of my first makeups as a kid. But that's the one makeup I would love to to take to to do again. That's mm. cool. Did you ever really um, get hurt and nobody believed you, Craig? Said it again. Did you ever really get hurt and nobody believed you? <laughs> oh, when I did it, yeah, no, I was, I guess, cried wolf when I'm sitting there and I'm like, how did you do that? Like, Guys, that, my mom did that once. The fake blood again. My, my mom did that once. I cut my hand really bad, and you could see the fatty layer. I cut my hand on a cat food can, Ooh. and. I was bleeding like crazy. And my mom goes, oh, that's really, oh. <laughs> and I went, no, it isn't real. So, but um, 
my number nine. <laughs> Sorry is, to laugh at that. But yeah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, my number nine is actually the sloth makeup. I get slow with uh from seven. Okay. Oh, seven. I, when he said sloth, I was like seven? Goonies. Oh, okay. When the guy was tied to the bed yeah. and he was really thin, and I, th- I thought it was a puppet. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a mechanical puppet. But when the they same guy who played about, that, the same guy who played that played the mummy in, um, in, in Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I thought it was a mechanical thing. Yeah. When I found out that it was a real guy, I was like, wow. Talk about Father mm-hmm. Marin and not knowing it was really that age. Mm-hmm. That was another makeup that was, I, I, I did not know that was a makeup. Did not believe it was a makeup. That's one of my, that's my number nine. That's a pretty, that's a good uh, pick. Like, uh, I mean, I know the movie, but I wouldn't have thought of that makeup. But when you mention it, like it is very gruesome, just thinking about it. Michael K, you're number nine. This will probably be the one I'm going to leave you with because I, I, I have to leave. My presence is acquired elsewhere. But I'll leave oh, okay. you with the one movie mm-hmm. that uh, scared me the most as a kid, which was the original Fly, the one with Vincent Price. Uh, it was just, you know, Ben Nye did the makeup for it. And it's just, it was just disturbing to see, you know, flies are gross and they're ugly and, and see some guy with a big fly head and a fly hand and, and then his wife goes and squishes him in the press, which is really disturbing. You know, five years old. So that's really disturbing. But absolutely the one that got me the most was, was the most simplest thing, which was the at the end of the movie when they hear that little help me. And they yeah. fly with a human head and human hand and the, and the tarantula is crawling towards it. I oh. just... That gave me terrifying. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, I think they made the spider web for the one for the close up on the guy just by taking two boards and putting Elmer's glue and and getting it to kind of web out on there. Just some really just basic weird things. Just and the bald cap design is not that great and whatnot. But it is his performance is compelling. Scared the crap out of me. That was a good one. Very scary. I love that movie because everyone talks about the remake, which you know is cool and all, but I think the the original one's the best. It was good. Man, that's one of my honorable mentions. That one, the Ben Nye one. Mm-hmm. That note, I'm out, guys. Hey, it's been great. Hey, Thank Michael, you for joining us. Hi, Michael. Good Bye, to Michael. see you. Be well. Uh, Have a good night. Good night. Uh, Troy was muted again. All right, give us the dirt on Michael Key. <laughs> uh, Troy, uh, oh, you're not mute anymore. Oh, never uh, nine. Number nine. Yeah. Um, I got Karloff in the Mummy. I just I love that look when he's all bandaged and then yeah. without it, with all like just the seriously old age kind of skin going on. Looks like parchment. I just think that's just so cool. I love it too. As a matter of fact, it's my number eight. Nice. So, one of my picks. So we'll go to Michael Ladotti with his number eight, because my number eight is also the mummy. Well, that was That's number not, nine for me, though. I know, but so but, oh, but okay. I'd be next with number eight. So. Oh, okay. I think we're, we're now we're getting into ones I'll probably have a lot well, of. Pro- uh, yeah. Mm, uh, I would say probably the Wizard of Oz makeup. So oh, nice. Ooh, nice. Uh, those are good. That was one of my honorable mentions. 
Amazing. Yeah. Any particular ones in there? I like the flying monkeys. Yeah, the flying monkeys are great, actually. I, I love the scarecrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just the subtle texturing on his face and all. And, and the fact that, you know, we, you, could, you could actually see the actors' identities through the makeups. They were caricatures of the actors' actual faces. The witch is so good in that, too, I think. Oh, like, it's just, yeah, your, yeah. just the consummate witch. They're all still witch, so you know? clean. They're yeah. so, they hold up so well, too. They yeah. so, they're still so stunning. Yeah. That was one of mine on Milestone makeups. Is that hard to do uh, when you're doing makeup to, if you want the, the actor to also still be seen to make that come through when you guys are doing makeup as opposed to totally covering up and where you it's can't like, notice who they are? It's kind of like drawing a caricature of somebody and you're exaggerating specific things, especially with the, with the lion makeup. Um, you, even though it was a heavy makeup, you could see Burt Locke come right out of it because they angled his eyebrows and his eyes uh, and everything about it looked very Burt Lahr specifically. They, they weren't, it's like they weren't trying to make him into a lion. They were just trying to make um, a lion-esque Burt Lahr, you know. Uh, but all of that, all, all of those makeups are just brilliant, you know. So. That was one of those ways to use foam latex too, right? Yeah, I think they really perfected foam latex. I had the, the honor of working with Charlie Schramm, uh, wow. old Hollywood makeup artist. I, the first movie I worked on was The Color Purple, and Charlie oh. Schramm came in to help us. Oh, wow. Movie. And he was telling me about the experience and what it was like to work on it. Uh, and it was it was just amazing to hear. It was great. Well, yeah, Bert would come in in the morning and sit down, you know. It was, it was great. You know, that's one of my favorites. Uh, Aaron. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Aaron and uh, Michael. Uh, we picked um, Edgar from Men in Black. Oh, nice. Okay, excellent. With all the, you know, the hanging skin and everything. And um, just an incredible performance by, um, by Vincent Gianofrio. And um, we just recently worked with him. Um, it was like a year ago on a TV show called Ratchet that's coming out next month. What's but, a plug? It's a plug. <laughs> um, but he, but he loved to talk about. He was became very good friends with Rick uh, Baker, and he was telling us stories about it because we were, of course, all just like, yeah. <laughs> "Tell us some more stories." <laughs> and um, it just—it's such a cool makeup. It's just so well done and and so creepy. And the performance, obviously, is is one of the most amazing parts of it too. But I think they, I think Rick won an Oscar for that, didn't he? I was just watching it the other day with my son. It was just, we had a blast watching the first Men in Black together. It was that makeup still. I love it. Oh, it's great. It's like the, it's so, you know, it's like so well done with like a contact that just kind of got like one contact is, is and so and heavy. That mushy, and, and that mushy neck oh, like mushy. Like, like how did they, I think it's foam also. I think the makeup is foam. Mm-hmm which everything moved around so well. It's just really great. So yeah, good. Uh, we, we, I worked with Vincent on uh, Mag 7, and he would tell us stories about the movie. It was just, we just sitting there talking to him. Like, yeah, and what else did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so fun when you it just, like, really fanned out. I was uh, my, uh, one of the people that uh, – Sylvia Knight, who works – who I work with all of us um, quite a bit, she did Vincent's makeup for, for Ratchet and – 
she told me later, um, I never noticed, but she said she was fanning out so hard every day that she was just like not talking to him at all. She was just doing his makeup and like, that was it. I didn't notice it until later. She was like, oh, I could barely do his makeup. I was so excited to do it. But <laughs> I was such a, a fan. We were doing so scene. much stuff too, if you think about it. Yeah. We were doing a big scene and I was supposed to be watching my makeup and I'm watching him do his thing. Going, He's so great. <laughs> but also the cell he's so incredible yeah. in the cell oh yeah yeah i mean and, amazing makeups too and he's so good you don't even notice him that it's him in a lot of like uh the kingpin it's like such mm-hmm. a different than oh. uh than full yeah, metal jacket so or something yeah. oh yeah full metal yeah. jacket oh my oh, god man. amazing uh, ray what up. is i have a another old age makeup um from uh gloria stewart from titanic Yes. Oh, wow. Because I also, I mean, I know her from the old horror, you know, she was in the old Dark House in 1932 Mm -hmm. and The Invisible Man in 1933. So here she's, I think she, she was born in 1910 and Titanic was made in 97. So she was already 87 years old. And then I can't imagine uh, Greg Cannon, you know, he did this makeup, uh, doing this makeup on a woman of her age. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, being that there's, you know, she's, you know, I mean, she is a professional actress, but still, you know, an old woman, you know, fragile mm-hmm. skin and everything like that. But I think it was a wonderful makeup that he did that was done on her. And yeah, I think he did well. that on the boat. He did that whole makeup on the boat. Not they all her. stayed on that boat mm-hmm. when they went out, and she did. He did it like while they were out at sea. Uh, all right, so man, yeah, the boat was moving and everything too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fantastic. Yeah. So that, so I, yeah, I can really appreciate the, the work that must have went into. It's beautiful. You know, just even making the appliances for her. You know, since you've had uh, two aging um, makeups on your list, do you have experience uh, doing similar work? I have done a couple. Of, I, I I did a couple on Madam Secretary on a couple of actors. Um, I did it on myself as a kid. You know, I tried the stretch and stipple. I tried doing mummy and stuff like that. Cause that's mm-hmm. how Jack Pierce did it. Um, you know, and, and then of course reading Dick Smith's book on, uh, you know, using latex and liquid late, you know, and rubber and cotton, you know, building up layers of cotton and, and latex. And then you could actually take it off and, and reuse it again. That's why I did stuff like that when I was a kid. And I did something similar to that. I had a friend of mine, this guy was like six, nine. Uh, he was African-American, but he always loved Halloween and he always wanted me to do his makeup. And I made him up as zombies and stuff like that. And I did that technique on him. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've always appreciated, you know, I always appreciated makeups that were character driven. You know, that it was just something that was done on the actor. It wasn't some mask or uh, some big appliance. You know, it just was, it was a very well done makeup. Like, like I said, with Max Moncito, I didn't even know that was makeup. Yeah. There's something about as a makeup artist. If people look at your, you know, are looking at a movie, they say, "Well, that looks like a good makeup." Then I think you you kind of missed your mark because mm-hmm. the audience knows that it's makeup and it's not real because they don't know what yeah. the actor looked like when they sat in your chair. You know, so if you do an age makeup or you turn them into a character or, or you injure them or a disease or something, you know, just that they, for me, the challenge is to get the audience to just buy it and not just. Yeah. Not say, oh, that's a great makeup because they know what an alien or a monster is a makeup because of, because it's you know because of the nature. But you know, a, a realistic, uh, character-driven makeup, I've always been impressed with. Mm-hmm. 
I, I like being a part of the actor's process of finding the character. Yes. Uh, where they, they include you in, and you help create their identity. Uh, and when you work with an actor on that level, I think it's the most rewarding part for me, uh, where they kind of let you into their process and, and you help them along physically. And, and that's when the makeup and the character become another person. You, the two of you are creating another person. Yeah. And I, I think that's the fulfillment of what we do. And, and that's what is the fulfillment of the artistry of what we do, is to create another person with, with a, an actor as well, who fills them out, you know, fills out their soul, and we're creating their, their exterior parts. Watching the process is pretty fun too. Right? That, that sums it up for me. Yeah. As it's going on, you see them trained to transforming into that character. It's really yeah, cool. exactly, and and you have that effect on an actor. Yeah. Also, we're being on set with somebody who's in makeup for the most of the time that you know them, and then you see them without the makeup on. You're like, I don't really know that person as well as I know the person. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. As well as that other character you've created. You see see them longer in the makeup than you do without the makeup most of the time. I never thought about something like that, but it makes Uh, sense. mm -hmm. Uh, Louis, what's your number eight? Um, I'd have to say Nightmare on Elm Street. The Freddy Krueger was always the for the original for the very first one. I think it was David Miller did the first. I don't know who. Miller, that was the first first incarnation. Then the Kevin Yeager ones were great as well, but like. The original Freddy Krueger was a fun. I think that was one of the first things I tried to sculpt when I was starting out and did like a hollow, really crappy Halloween mask of it. <laughs> and uh, the other effects in it are cool too. I know it's like, because uh, I've watched videos where it's like not like hard to do necessarily, but when like he comes through the uh, the wall, but it, it looks so cool. It looks a lot better than the remake when they do it yeah, with uh, CG. When he's stretching through the wall yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like all that physical, practical stuff was so much, so much better sometimes. Uh, Craig, you're number eight. Uh, uh, the uh, Phantom, Eric from uh, the Lon Chaney makeup. That's my uh, number eight. That's also my number eight. There you go. That's yeah, that's, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's, as you said, it's almost 100 years old and it's still out there. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, my number seven's been mentioned as well. Uh, the Wolfman, uh, I love it. Some I loved as a kid and still love today. Uh, Michael Ladati, your number seven. Yeah. Um, let me see. Where are we here? <laughs> um, Mark Twain tonight. Uh, Dick Smith's uh, Mark Twain makeup on Hal Holbrook. Oh, that was yeah. the the other day. Uh, it's on YouTube now. Uh, and it was incredible. I mean, he, he created that character. It, it's just a wonderful makeup. Uh, and it was, on, it was a televised version of the stage play. Uh, and the characterization is wonderful. But the, the makeup is just amazing. It's just beautifully done. And it's all foam latex and uh, whatever adhesives he was using at the time and all. But it, it really holds up well. You should look it up. Mark Twain Tonight with Hal Holbrook. Yeah, I've not, not heard of that, actually. I think oh, I saw it. You remember when we saw it with Jeffrey Combs as uh, Edgar Allan Poe when he was doing that? Oh, the one, one man, man show, show. We yeah. yeah. That was so good, too. It was. 
Uh, Aaron and uh, Michael. I think we, um, yes, we picked, um, I was trying to look and see when that, when March Rain Tonight aired, because I think I saw it when we took our eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. I think we saw it oh, live. Nice. Wow. Um, of course, I didn't know it was makeup. I probably, as an eighth grader, probably was just like, oh, what's happening? But it was so really amazing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just thought it was. <laughs> um, but we picked for our number eight, we picked Meg Mucklebones from uh, Legend. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, nice. all the makeups in Legend are fantastic from Rob Bottin, Lois Burwell, and I think Peter Swords King did that as well. But it's, um, but I particularly love Meg and he, he likes Meg too. But the, but the costume is just um, the whole entire makeup, the giant suit that, that, and then the, and the face and the, everything. I love it. I love the fingers and all of it. You can't really get close to that makeup. If you do something similar, it's like, oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh-huh. super iconic. And I got to work with, I'm sure all of us have worked with um, Robert Picardo before, but he was, um, I was, I did a show called Sabrina the Teenage Witch years ago, and um, he played like her future father in law. And um, I pretended to keep my cool. And then uh, Melissa Joan Hart, who played Sabrina, came in and she said, <laughs> oh, Erin is so excited to do your makeup. She's your biggest fan or something. And I was like, oh, my God. I was so and he goes, oh, I just did the 20. This is years ago, obviously. But I just did the 25th anniversary um, behind the scenes of the howling. And he just started, like, telling me all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was just so blown away. I was like, I love Big Buckle Bones so much. He's like, well, let me tell you about that. Like, he almost drowned or something because the suit filled up. All that foam filled up with water. And on the back. Yeah, and he couldn't, like he had to jump up out of the water like that and he could barely get up because he was just completely waterlogged, but um, fascinating. But I just love that makeup. I think it's so great. Uh, Ray, what's your number seven? Number seven is again, it's another ma- uh, old age, but this one was uh, from the old dark house, Jack Pierce. Oh yeah. And this is a woman, but it's supposed to be an old man. And uh, I just, you know, found it, you know, it was one of Jack Pierce's stretch and stipple makeups. And uh, she was playing Roderick Femme, which is a man, an old man, but I didn't know it was a woman. And uh, she played in a lot of movies. She was actually, uh, she played the old gypsy woman in Bride of Frankenstein in that one wow. scene where the oh, monster okay. comes on to the, oh, yeah. to the family, you know, and yep. she said, where's my, where's my muscles and salt or something. That's the same woman. Uh, you know, James Whale liked her, and he used her in a lot of his movies. But I always thought this was an interesting makeup. I mean, it was a woman playing an old man. Mm-hmm. You know, what's a stretch and stipple? Because I've heard you uh, mention a couple times, but I'm not. I don't know what it is. I'm sure a lot of people don't. Is a, yeah, I don't either. It's a technique we use. Uh, you take uh, you take latex, and what you do is you you stretch your skin like around your eyes. You apply the latex to it. And you hold the you know the skin taut, and you dry the latex. You powder it, and then when you release it, your skin wrinkles up. And if oh. you do it properly, you'll get the proper wrinkles in the directions they act they actually go. And that's basically how it's done. But you can do different layers, you know, to make it heavier. Mm-hmm. But you, again, you have to be very careful that you follow, you know, the actual the way wrinkles actually go. Because if they go the wrong way, then it just looks just doesn't look believable and and it's hard to do on young people because they have very smooth and you know very smooth skin 
it's easier on an older person and it's not something you can really, I mean, something like this, you know, it's, you know, you're not, you're, she was laying in bed and that's all you see. So, you know, you have to be very, you're very, sometimes you can be very limited on what you can see and what you can be shot depending mm-hmm. on playing the character. But the, the you know, the mummy, um, the Ardith Bay part of the mummy and the, in the original mummy, a lot of that was stretch and stipple. Oh. It was done on Boris Karloff. It was heavy layers, and I think they, they might even use cotton in that too. Right. Yeah. I've done. I've done uh, today. You can get silicone instead of using latex. You can buy silicone base. I think Bluebird puts out a nice, and I've used that a couple of times, and that works really well. Yeah. Neil and I have learned something new tonight. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people yeah. are watching. It's a very common technique. It's been used for a long time. Lon Chaney used it a lot. Oh. Yeah. You know, I mean, he drew a lot of his wrinkles on, too. If you really can see, if you look at some of his makeups, uh, see some of the photographs of his makeup, you can see where he actually very finely drew in a lot of the wrinkles. Oh, wow. very mm-hmm. Yeah, he used theatrical techniques, right. and then he refined them for film. For film, yeah. He that expertise from the theater. Love a good stretch and stipple. I, I have one more old age makeup that's, and he's, it's, it, it's, it's his, on Cheney's. Oh, yeah. okay. Very cool. Uh, Louie, what's your number seven? I'm going to go with Mike and Aaron's legend. The, the darkness makeup was one of my favorites. I mean, those crazy forms on, on Tim Curry were just amazing. It's one of my favorite devil makeups out there. And I, I mean, the I, horns. I yeah, the horns are ridiculous. <laughs> When, when, I, when I did the devil makeup for Will Ferrell to turn when he was trying to steal Garth Brooks' soul, I tried to channel <laughs> him. That's a great makeup too, Louie. I was trying to, that was my, my, my channeling of, of uh, darkness in there a little bit. I it's just wish really I could make the horns bigger. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were huge. You think that it must be heavy to, to wear something like that. Those things were huge. I sculpted a, 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 a half scale one of that one of those years ago, and I got to when I went out to LA. I met with Henry Alvarez and showed him the photos, and he was oh, like, cool. "My horn." He's like, "He's like, oh, your horns are way too small." And he told me like, <laughs> what it was. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm." I gotta go you got horn envy now. Huh? <laughs> it was way off. Craig, yeah. what's your number seven? I'm sorry. Number seven is the Tar Man from Return of the Living Dead. Nice. William Munns was the right. So that's one of my favorite makeups. I mean, yeah. It's so good. Uh, number seven was Tar Man. That's a great one. Some of the best zombies yeah. uh, throughout oh, yeah. that movie, Tar Man and then the half zombie is, is pretty yeah. awesome too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tar Man. Dead body to get spiked in the head. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and more paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> no. Troy, number seven. Number seven is um the uh, Gill Man in Shape of Water. Oh, nice. I, yeah. I, now I think we've had three uh, amphibious three guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Blue, do you have a story about that? Uh, we had when when uh, Sam Rockwell hosted. We had to build two full suits like that in two days. Oh my wow. god! And then and then the sketch got cut between dressing. Oh no! Oh no! Soup to nuts. Two of them to fit on Pete Davidson and Sam Rockwell, and then 
the the sketch just didn't it wasn't funny so it got cut and oh, oh. Yeah. so devastating of, it's, it's the nature of the beast so many times we've built we've built like full war machine suits and they've gotten cut and oh no it's just the nature of the beast. But then I get to have these cool suits in my shop. So. Well, I was going to ask, who gets to keep those things? Like, you know, if I was the actor, I'd be like, uh, I'm set for Halloween this year, you know? Uh, number six. Uh, I think all the rest of mine might have been mentioned, but a uh, fan of the opera. Uh, it's just amazing. We talked about it, but. Well, the reveal of fan of the opera. It's one of the best, uh, I think, uh, scenes in a horror movie of all time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're number six, Michael. Um, a recent one. I, I, I like the Oliver Hardy makeup in Stan and Ollie, which came out last year. That is great. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was just brilliantly done. Yep. Uh, I mean, the makeups I see nowadays are just phenomenal. I mean, I, it doesn't get any better. Uh, just the artistry and all of them. And one of my favorites is, is Pepper, the Pepper makeup from... Uh, American Horror Stories. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 I, I Miami Grossman. Yeah. Love it. I, whenever, whenever I see a picture, I just think it's brilliant. Yeah, well, uh, that's the actress I was talking about. But yeah, no, it's within the makeup. That's yeah. what I know. Oh my god, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's the coolest thing. So yeah, Oliver Hardy, yeah, that, that, that Oliver Hardy makeup. Yeah, I love the film. Our third co-host can't be here uh, tonight. She's on set uh, uh, on a film, uh, Trista Robinson. She's actually the mouth of on the poster of American Horror Story Freak Show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. She's got, like, the clown makeup on with the, yeah. with the mouth. That, apparently, it's her mouth. There's no yeah. uh, trickery with the... Which is very... Uh, wow. Uh, Aaron and... I should have got her 13. We could have read them all here, but... Aaron and Michael... <laughs> Um, let's see. Um, I have to say I'm a, I'm a big fan of Beetlejuice. We like the Beetlejuice makeup. I was going to have that on my list. It's yeah. actually one of the only, I had Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands kind of together, but it's one of the, it's really the only, um, woman that designed any of these makeups besides, really? I mean, Mel- Melissa Patrick designed, uh, the gill suit, um, the creature from the Black Lagoon. But um, V actually, you know, did uh, so many Tim Burton films. And I'm just a, I'm a big fan of hers and think she's just brilliant. And she still is just incredibly talented. And um, I just think that the, um, the Edward Scissorhand makeups, which are very subtle, very subtle makeups with like a brow piece and all the little cuts and everything. And then kind of similar look to, um, the Beetlejuice makeup, but that's all, you know, that's all her doing all the test makeups and fine tuning all that, you know, with um, her relationship with Tim Burton um, as he you know, had some general ideas of what he wanted, but she, she's the one that created all that. And it's, they're really, they're very iconic and stunning and well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Joyce Ray, what's your number six? My number six has been mentioned already, Lon Chaney's Wolfman. Uh, I've always was impressed by, you know, Jack Pierce, again, you know, doing that makeup, laying that hair. It was all hand-laid hair. Uh, you know, I mean, and then he would singe it with the, hair, with the heater, with the, uh, with the curling iron, and to get that gnarly, you know, animal look. But, yeah, I, I, and it was a great design. You know, he designed the, the makeup for Henry Hall's Werewolf in 1935, 
and he had something what he originally wanted to do for Henry Hall was like the Lon Chaney makeup, but they wanted Henry Hall recognizable to his wife in the store. Realize what he wanted to do, you know, when he right. did the Lon Chaney makeup. Yeah. And, you know, I've always liked it. You know, I mean, I, I love Frankenstein. He's like my favorite, but Wolfman pretty much next. And it's the best of the Lon Chaney Wolfman. It is. Because yeah, there yeah. are different versions, you know, he played it multiple times, but that was the best version. So I've always liked it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, he has the teeth and, the, you know, I, I don't know for sure if he actually sculpted that nose each time, but, but I, I think towards the other movies, he did have a piece to, for Lon Chaney to wear with a little bit of a brow. I think it might have been foam latex by that time, because that was after The Wizard of Oz. Right. So it probably was foam latex piece. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you read about how they did the transformations, uh, not so much in the original movie, but in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I mean, they had to lock. They had a pillow. I mean, when you see him in the in, when he changes in the hospital, he's laying on the pillow. That's a piece of plaster. So the wrinkles will all stay the same and they would lock everything oh. down. He would get oh, up. I didn't know that. That's so cool. wild, and yeah. Lay down again and they'd shoot it. And then it take like eight hours just to shoot. Yeah. The all in the camera. Yeah. So that's my number six. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Louis, what's your number six? Um, Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Nice, nice, perfect. That's a great one. I mean, that makeup, that soul, it just, you just love Harry. You fall fall in love with that character, you know. Yeah, so much emotion in in the the face. Yeah. Yeah. You feel for him. You're like, you know, it was so, it was so great. So beautifully done. Uh, that's one of my favorite favorite makeups as well. It kind of became the iconic. Uh, I think it's like the best Bigfoot, Bigfoot movie. Yeah, yeah. You, oh yeah, it really is. And again, that's so. Uh, what's his name? Kevin Peter. That was in the Predator suits and all that. Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall, same actor. It was just. It was just a beautiful, beautifully done Bigfoot. That whole, all that hair work on that thing, and it was just amazing. Uh, Craig, you're number six. Uh, the Frankenstein's monster from Jack Pierce. That's nice. my number six. It's once more. It's one of those makeups that have been around. You know, when you think about makeup, if you, that's one of the ones that pop up immediately. There he is. I think I got the one, and I think I got the one from Burger King. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I, think, I think I think it used to light up too, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how, but yeah, they it's like Burger King or something. <laughs> Actually, you know, can I show you guys something? No. Yeah, no. no, all right. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it right there. Sorry. Do you see the Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. That was one of my things I did from uh, the Weekly World News, and that was all from uh, based it upon the Harry and the Hendersons face. That's yeah, so, so cool. Yeah. Sorry. But, I love the bad yeah. boy in that. He was he was my go to guy. <laughs> well, I've done a few of those, but that's that's for another show. <laughs> Speaking of music, they did a bad boy musical uh near me uh, one year for Halloween. That been tremendous. This small uh, theater does like weird uh horror musicals and uh that was one I didn't get to it unfortunately, but uh, number six for you, Troy. Um, I got uh, 
Jack in The American Werewolf in London, uh, Griffin Dunn, and just how he starts off, you know, when he comes back as the, like, the Grateful Dead character and where he, when he starts off with just the scratches and then he gets a little more gruesome as time goes by, starts to deteriorate. I just love him. It's just great. I agree. He looks awesome. And he has uh, some of the funniest lines in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the stuff when they're in the theater at the end is, is just like some of the best stuff. It's like, hello, David. <laughs> Jack, you look like a meatloaf, you know? Just awesome. <laughs> uh, so number five uh, has been mentioned Alien. Uh, it's not much more to say about it. It's Alien. So, uh, what's your number five, Michael? <laughs> Um, have we mentioned Poltergeist? No, that's a no, good one. No, that was one of oh, right. So much fun. That's a great one. So yeah. much fun. A lot of really good good stuff there. Oh. The face melting, that was one that used to uh, yeah. freak me out as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And and when his like, skin's oh, when like coming off. Yeah, when he's like trying to yeah. dig around his face. So good. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that was a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, let's see, Aaron and Michael. Um, I think one of the we thought that the Lestat makeup on Tom Cruise in oh, nice. um, Interview with a Vampire is one of the best dead makeups. Uh, it's got a lot of gray and pink in it. It's really weird. It's like very um, um, because it's New Orleans, they kind of had like a bog feel to it because it's so damp down there. So it has like this very kind of damp decay to it yeah we actually we did when we were in new orleans we kind of did a little bit of some of that um makeup look we did on some of the zombies we had in american horror story because i just i just love the makeups and then of course there's an incredible not only is there an amazing makeups on tom cruise but um the makeups in general are very good um the with all the veining and everything and then uh, michelle burke did did that and so did um stan winston did an incredible puppet of um the where his where tom cruise's body um decays when all of the blood comes out of him when she cuts his throat and um it all sinks in on itself and it's a it's a puppet it's fantastic yeah it's really incredible so if you ever get to look at it again it's it's really good and then like his teeth his like gums pull back and everything it's really wild but all of it in general great Great, yeah. uh, great makeups in it. Yeah, it's a go-to reference picture for sure. Really. We want this. I know we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really. We can't do that. But the colors are really beautiful in it that they painted um, on him when after he passed away. Came, after he comes back from right. dead. Uh, Ray, you're number five. My number five is uh, another age makeup. It's Lon Chaney as Mister Wu. Mm-hmm. And this nice. is this man Lon Chaney at the time was only 40, 41 years old but he was able to transform himself into a very old Chinaman. And uh, apparently I read that he actually wore this out on the, on the trolley oh, car wow. in LA and everybody bought it. Nobody, you know, they never wow. paid attention to him. They just started with an old Chinese man. Wow. Lon Chaney had a way, you know, again, it was the way he acted, his body and everything as, as well as the makeup that he created for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became, his character and he would play multiple characters sometimes in his movies i think in that movie he played multiple characters he did he, he played, played different, different generations of the same family right 
So it's, and I think too in this movie the the one outfit that his character wore is the same top that Boris <laughs> wear as Fu Manchu. Oh wow! No kidding. I did because I remember when I made the I made a Fu Manchu figure years ago and I had to re kind of paint that. And then I noticed that when I saw this movie, I said, "Wait a minute, that's what they because they were both made at MGM, so they borrowed from the same costume department." <laughs> Uh-huh. But I was always very impressed with this because I saw this photograph of him all the time in Famous Monsters. I yep. just saw the movie. And it didn't occur to me that, you know, this was a 40-year-old man in makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did this on himself. So, you know, he would take tape and he would pull his eyes back and he would tape it behind his head so it would just pull and slant, you know, and, sl- and slant his eyes. And uh, he did that in several films. And he did that, I think, with The Phantom where he would... He taped it to the tip of his nose, and he pulled his nose back, and he oh, taped, yeah. taped it back. Yeah, my brother, uh, my brother Tony, who who was a model animator, now he's a, an editor, has been assembling reproductions of Lon Chaney's makeup kit using a vintage box that's identical or all close to you box. box. What's that? Didn't you have have a box that was close to what Lon Chaney had? I had something similar, but he, he buys boxes that date to the 1920s and then he fills them with the same cut with, with vintage makeup products that he gets. And he's been selling them on eBay. And one was purchased by the guy who now owns Lon Chaney's house in Beverly Hills has that reproduction of, and another was bought by Tom Savini bought another one. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they're really cool. I mean, they look exactly like what you do. It's amazing. Well, uh, Louis, what's your number five? Um, the old, the original Mission Impossible TV series, all those great disguises yeah. they used to do. Oh, yeah, yep. You know, all those makeups they would did on Leonard Nimoy or um, uh, what's the other guy? Martin yeah. Landau. Yeah, Martin yeah, Landau. Right. So many amazing makeups. They were fun. I would. Those are the, the other thing. You'd watch Mission Impossible. You'd like waiting for that. Than disguise makeup that they would do, you know. <laughs> How many years I bought into that that they actually pulled it off, you know? Humble <laughs> beginnings. <laughs> number number five for you, Craig. Uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, Wilson Patrick and Bud Westmore. There's, it's it's one of those makeups once more, iconic. You, yeah. it's on everything. Um, I always remember my sister used to have a poster of the the gill man coming up uh, from the water and the caption we had was like, all right, who peed in the pool? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon is my number five. Number five for you, Troy. Um, We got uh, the wolf man. So I I really don't have anything more to say about that. I think he's on everybody's list. Uh, my number four is mentioned. I forget by who, but uh, Day of the Dead. I think it's uh, it's um, Dawn of the Dead's my favorite zombie film, but I think Day of the Dead is the coolest looking zombies. Uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead also, but uh, yeah, Day of the Dead. I I found years ago I was working at a movie theater, and United Artists used to use the the storage unit of the movie theater, and I found the original storyboards for the opening title, which I oh wow. Found. I now own because I. <laughs> it's like the original storyboard art for that that opening sequence with Doctor Tongue and all. It was just oh, that's sweet. I had to take that home. 
That's so I've awesome. got those. It's yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's another. Oh, I forgot the the tongue. Uh, I have the patch. Um, I forget the artist, but he made a patch of that, and I bought it. It's like really wild. Uh, Michael, you're number uh, four. Um, the end sequence from Taxi Driver, I think. Uh, the shootout sequence from Taxi Driver, I think. When he blows the uh, hand off? Blows the hand, does all of that stuff. Uh, and plus a bald cap that uh, De Niro wore. Um, I, I, that, that was truly inspirational. It was, it was so shocking, so real looking at the time. And it, it was just like, it's like the end of a horror film. The way they, oh yeah, says he put it all together. It was like a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, those stand out as, as, as great makeup as part of the story. One of my favorite movies. Uh, Aaron and Michael, you're number four. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Mason Berger from uh, uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Sorry. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, what an amazing makeup by Greg Hannibal. And I just found this online. I think he might have used this for reference material. <laughs> that was another one of those, like, very similar. Gary Oldman is very similar to that kind of, you know, Lon Chaney type person where he's, you know, distorting himself underneath his makeup and the under appliances that were done, the under, under structure that was done that could pull his eye down mm-hmm. and pull his mouth back and everything. It's like, crazy just being in that makeup and he was so distorted like the makeup is so distorted and disturbing i don't necessarily know if that's i mean it's kind of a suspenseful film but there are some really gross parts in it but that mm-hmm. makeup in general mm-hmm. is just it's so beautiful and uh so realistic and disturbing mm-hmm. we all wish for that actor that wants us to pull their eye down and you know <laughs> <their> lip. <laughs> uh-huh. please pull the eye down please <laughs> yeah uh, Ray, your number four. Um, my number four has been mentioned already. Uh, Charles Lawton's Hunchback, um, but I, you know, I've always really liked that version. He was he was very sympathetic. It was a great design. I think he was part of. I think Charles Lawton was part of the design. Uh, I, I know uh, Purse Westmore did the makeup. Uh, he was it was a personal. You know, he was like a personal to Charles Lawton uh, for that makeup. The special character makeup that he did and i think lawton had a lot of say in how it was designed and everything like that mm-hmm. you know, and it must have been very uncomfortable for him to wear that especially with the yeah. west one side of his eye he couldn't see out of that eye right you know and then the distortion and then he would actually distort his mouth and talk to one side and he yeah. had the false teeth and it was just a great performance you know yeah. very sympathetic and you know every time oh, i see the story is you start to cry i mean it's just what they oh, you know yeah. they, you know, what, what was done to him, you know, on on that public display and, you know, the shame and everything, you know, really came through. And then, and then the other, his, his, his mentor uh, played by Char- uh, Cedric Hardwick, just walk, you know, riding by on his horse and ignoring him, you know, while he was tied to that pillory, but, you know, the makeup, you know, the hump, the hump and everything that they showed at that, you know, when they took his top off, you know, to beat, to beat him, you know, and then he did all that, you know, running around. I mean, I'm sure he, had, I mean, you can see in some scenes there was a stunt double, but, you know, still it was, he did a lot of it himself too with that hump on and that makeup. So I thought it was a great job. Lon Chaney was, a, was great. I mean, he, you know, obviously he did that all himself, but I found his characterization to be a little more malevolent, 
as yeah. opposed to Charles Lawton's character being more sympathetic and yeah, Kyle like, an outcast and somebody that was thrust into society due to circumstances. I spent my childhood crying about monsters. <laughs> yeah. I cried all every weekend. I watched monster movies. I would just sob my eyes out. Baby Godzilla, forget it. I mean, but that movie in particular, I would just cry and cry and cry. How how awful and so sad, oh, and how they treated him. Oh, why do they treat the monsters like that? <laughs> yeah, we'll start crying. Oh my god! And then I didn't cry till like for like um, yeah. thirty years. But that I cried so much in my childhood for monsters. <laughs> Felt so bad for them. Oh, uh, Louie, you're number four. Uh, most of mine have already been mentioned, but like one that I really, I just thought of just a few minutes ago was uh, Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Oh, nice. Yay! I have a board so game up good. here too, but I can't get it down. So, yeah. many, so much fun stuff in that movie, you know. Uh, oh, good. Makeup on there. Uh, the, 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 the guy whose face blows up. There's so many yeah. in there. Oh, oh it's so good. Yeah, visually just a, such a fun movie to watch. Oh, that's another one of those that if it's on, I'm like, all right, I'm yeah, fuck yeah. you for the next couple of hours, yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about you know if, if a movie's a horror movie, what I don't even know what genre you call that movie. It fits into like multiple genres. Yeah, and this is just Jack Burton. You got to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know they've been wanting to remake it, and you know whatever you think of remakes, but that's a hard one to remake because yeah, I can't, I can't really see anyone's playing that character. It's so good. You can't, you can't remake. Yeah. But his kid looks a lot like him now. Oh mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Oh I mean, my god! They're talking so about much the Rock better. would play him, but I don't yeah, see I it either. <laughs> uh, Craig, you're number four. Is the uh, Darkness from Legend? Bravo team. Yeah. So Same thing. Those horns were just like when he first comes out that mirror and that foot oh, comes out. The foot. Oh, yeah. Oh. What and then the sound and everything out, is so good. And you just go, wow. <laughs> I mean, the idea of just taking a makeup and it goes beyond just stretch and stipple or staying close to an actor, but you take an actor's proportions and you just expand on that. You just make it explode where you just go, wow, that can be done. Can, <laughs> you know, those horns, geez. Imagine him trying to get through the trailer door. <laughs> you know, maybe people say, "Hey, can you can you hang a letter for me?" But yeah, darkness from you know the uh, legend. Uh, Troy, your number four. My number four, I think, it's also been mentioned, but uh, it's the pale man with the eyes in his palms from uh, Band's Labyrinth. Yeah, which I just. That was just the eeriest moment when he just like pops up. And, it was scary. Oh yeah, just the creepiest character. I love that thing. Let's see. When I went to the top three, my three has been mentioned by this better one as well. Uh, my favorite transformation scene in American Werewolf in London. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Michael, you're number three. Uh, let me see. I'll say a little big man. Okay, nice. yeah, that's a good. Sh- I was thinking uh, of myself yeah. as a landmark achievement in old age makeup, home mm-hmm. makeup, and super old age makeup, super yeah. duper old age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the f- was that the first time they used the multiple parts instead of it being one full mask? Was that when he invented? I think. Um, oh, I that think for legend? 
I think Dick said that in, in Hollywood, they were using full, just one-piece masks. Right. Uh, and he, he found it difficult to position them with the glue on the face and all. So, yeah, I think he developed the overlapping appliances pretty much with that makeup. But they were, he probably was using it before that. But it was so expensive that it was the perfect way to do it for him. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love seeing the, the photographs of the application of those makeups in the Richard Corson makeup look. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, and all of that. So, you know, that, that's a standout for me. Uh, Aaron and Michael, by the way, what's your cat's name? We have three. Oh, that, okay. one, that one that would just walk by, that's Augie. He's, uh, they're all hairless. And, um, Oh, and then wow. there's a gray oh, I can, one. I can see one in the back, actually, yeah, behind me. Uh, around the corner. Like the, yeah. the banister there. They're well, all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's Augie. Here. There's Augie. Oh, Hello. This is Maddie. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Hello. Oh. So cute. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we have a, one named Edgar, and we have one named Scout. Oh. Um, an Italian Greyhound? Yeah, yeah, she's, she's so an Italian greyhound. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> Troy used to have an Italian greyhound. She'd break her tail all the time. Oh, my gosh. Um, number three is Thriller. Oh, that's, nice. a, good, that's a really good choice. Yeah, yeah. great choice. Um, obviously, all of the makeups in it. The transformation, again, you know, obviously, we're all big Rick Baker fans. It still holds up so well, and the zombies are great, and um, I just, it's, it was one of those ones that, you know, at 81, 82, then 83, all those years were just so influential to like to everybody, but that, that came out and that was such a big deal. MTV was such a big deal. And that came out and there was the behind the scenes, which was, you hardly ever got any behind the scenes yeah. stuff. I think there was something for American Wealth of London at one point, there was like a 2020 thing that we got to see, but the behind the scenes of Thriller was like, wow, yeah, you know, it was just magical. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, there's, that's a job. Like I didn't, <laughs> nobody knew, a lot of people didn't know there were, it was a job. So um, that was really influential um, to me and um, and to Mike and and we, the, the makeups are great. I actually have a couple of the pieces from. Oh, really? Um, That's really wild. From Thriller, yeah. And when, when, they're, they're a little shrunken. They're kind of tiny. But the foam is still, the foam's still really good from wow. 83. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ray, you're number three. Uh, my number three has uh, been mentioned, the Phantom, on Chaney's Phantom. I always thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way he did it, too, you know, reading about how he did it. Uh, that was, that's my number three. You know, it just it just was an it's an iconic makeup. Yeah. You know, everybody knows it. They might not know who it is or the actor, but they know okay. that they know that character. Okay. Get the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always, but you know, I've seen again reading famous monsters and being introduced to Lon Chaney. Ori Ackerman mm-hmm. spent a, he loved Lon Chaney's work, and uh, I've read Michael left. Blake's books written about Lon Chaney and uh, so it was always fascinating to me you know that Lon Chaney did those makeups on himself yeah and he was a pioneer he was way ahead there was no studio makeup artist back then you know every most of the actors and most of what they knew was from the theater and they had to just adapt it to film 
you know, and film was changing a lot at the time too during the 20s. The film processes, the black and white, you know, and everything, the film stock. So, you know, the makeups had to change the mm-hmm. colors they used to make them look properly on camera. You know, I, I think I remember, <clears throat> or especially made, movies made in the teens, they don't know because it was, I think it was called orthochromatic film, um, where even somebody with just natural skin color would turn out too dark because the reds would photograph too dark. Yeah, yeah. but it was the light makeup, especially in the silent. So, you know, there was no color photography then. So they didn't know what, the, you know, even today, we don't know what color they used mm-hmm. on some of those actors back then. Yeah. But uh, so I've always, I've always been fascinated with Hollywood from the, its, its inception and right through the 20s and 30s and how everything, I mean, why, how did this happen? Why did this happen? You know, why did they do it this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially makeups, you know, how did they do this? You know, they had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and makeup, nobody wore makeup, you know, in, in the 20s, you know, women couldn't go to the store and buy makeup. You know, they, you know, I mean, they, there wasn't over-the-counter makeup. It was just professionals and, and prostitutes that wore makeup. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, by the 1920s, women were, st- after World War One, women were starting to openly wear makeup. But it was, it was pretty con- uh, it was cold controversial, right? Would they really see a woman putting lipstick on in public? You know, it's kind of, but uh, but women were also breaking out. They were cutting their hair. They were wearing the dresses shorter. Uh, Those crazy skirts. ladies. They're so crazy. <laughs> yeah. The flapper, the flapper period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, number three, Louis. Um, mine was already mentioned. Wizard of Oz was one of my biggest, huge influences, watching that movie over and over again. Like, still stands oh, out yeah. Today and I would watch it every year because you know it was before you could buy the you know a copy of it or anything, yeah. so it would come on once a year on TV yeah, and it would be a big or you know big deal. Oh man, Wizard of Oz is going to be on TV. You just watch it, and you're like, oh man, this is cool. You know, it was like the, I still the, the Scarecrow and the, the Tin Man makeups, just love them all. Craig, you're number three. Uh, uh, before I do my number three, look what I found. Oh, oh, very nice. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. The magazine version. Yeah. With the- wow. That's it. That's Ooh. awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I um, tried to do all those makeups on myself. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, Jack uh, from American Wealth in London. Nice. My number three. I mean, yeah, when he first see him with the... The, the the you know the larynx the windpipe sticking out and it's the cut up face and, the little the little and, dangler yeah well, you remember he would just like little wiggle <laughs> when he would talk and yeah. it was it, you know you're looking at some guy who's been torn apart you were talking about the com the combination of the comedy and the horror here's this guy that's basically horrific looking and he's just like yeah so <laughs> you know well, David oh, yeah. you know hey it's okay you you got to do you got to kill yourself dude you know. You know, so it's it's this horrible makeup, but it's done. It, but he's laughing, and he's laughing about it almost. Yeah, I'm dead, but now you got to stop. You know, otherwise you'll 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 make more like me. You know. Yeah. yeah. That was my number three. Uh, Troy, your number three. Uh, I got Charles Lawton's Quasimodo. That again, everybody's talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great one. 
my number two is uh, I believe someone mentioned him, uh, Frankenstein. You know, Frankenstein's monster and Frankenstein. Uh, my favorite monster. Uh, if you if you consider him a monster, I don't really consider him a monster, but a uh, great character, great look. Uh, I have actually have been carving him in the stone and in the cat skills uh, for the last few years. I go up there every uh, summer, and uh, there's a free seminar by a former guest on the show, uh, Kevin Van Hentenrick from Basket Case, and now he's a stone carver, and so oh, wow. he has big boulders up there, and you can p- do whatever you want. So I started to do Frankenstein, and uh, someday we'll finish him. But. That's cool. He's gonna let you take the stone home when you're no, done. No, it's a giant boulder. Like with multiple people, multiple people have different things on it, so it's just gonna be in the town forever. But I did also do a smaller stone. I did Belial from Basket Case, which I have sitting in my uh, flower garden. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange flower garden with a uh, Belial from Basket Case. <laughs> Nobody. How many people recognize what that is? No, nobody. Actually, uh, uh, no one even th- uh, in the Catskills knew that he was in a movie or anything. They just know him as like the the town uh, stone carver. Stone carver. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you're number uh, two. I I always love the makeups of the movie of uh, the Seven Faces of Doctor Lau. Oh yeah, with Tony Randall and all yeah. of the various characters that he played, uh, including the um, the Loch Ness monster. Uh, the, the animated model at the end. Uh, so that was something I always enjoyed seeing, you know, this transformation. That was one, I think, the first time I ever saw it. Like, we always talk about uh, famous monsters. That was the first place that I saw that. And then when I finally saw the movie, I was so excited. I was probably like seven or eight years old. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a magical movie. Uh, let's see your number two, Aaron and Michael. Uh, I was going to show you the, um, this is from Thriller. Oh, awesome. oh nice. Oh, oh, wow. And then this is um, one of the hands. Oh, oh sweet. Wow. That's amazing. Foam latex. It's getting a little crunchy, though. I thought it was in better shape, but I might have to, might uh, have to figure out how to. And then for Louie, I was going to show him. These are Jason Patrick's teeth from Lost Boys. Oh, man. That's wow. Awesome. Those are cool. And then these are the um, the lenses. I have the lenses, too. Wow. Oh, big, uh, big lenses. <laughs> but they're, um, they're hard. I mean, they're yeah. very, they're very uh, sick. Wow. wow. But um, it couldn't have been covered. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to put these in. They're crazy. Yeah. So heavy. Um, and th- so we picked like a modern one for our number two. We yeah. picked um, good Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Nice. Just because it's Excellent. such a great. It's a very yeah. It's a really cool, um, really cool the uh, version of it. Just all the different bright colors and oh yeah. Um, just very well executed. The first one, I mean, the second one is good, but the first one is when they yeah. established yeah. all of the characters. It's probably my yeah. favorite Mar- uh, Marvel movie. I, think I love it's, it too. It's, it's, it's so, so good and very funny. I mean, it's not a horror film, but the no, makeups are yeah, are yeah. really really good. And David White did all those makeups yeah. and did a beautiful job. Just thought they were really cool. Tons of prosthetics in it, and yeah. of course, Dave Bautista's makeup is really. Oh yeah, yeah. Drax, Drax the Destroyer is, is probably my yeah. favorite character in it. Yeah. Yep. Really great. So it's not a horror film, but that's okay. There's so many makeups in it too. Oh yeah. 
And Yondu, he's great too in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ray, you're number two. That's an excellent choice. Uh, my number two uh, was a toss up between Boris Karloff's Mummy, but since that's been mentioned already, my other pick would have been uh, Frederick March's Mr. Hyde. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so good. Yeah. version. And I just so found this very fascinating as, you know, the, you know, the, each time he became Mr. Hyde, he got worse, you know, and then the makeups, you know, was, it was, um, who did this? Um, Wally Westmore. Yeah. And they also use filters in the camera. So yeah. the makeup, you know, when they changed the, the filters, then the makeup would appear, the coloring and all that. And he would actually transform right on camera. You know, so wow. I thought it was a really, you know, effective way to do it at that time. Yeah. At the time when, you know, Frankenstein had just come out and the Dracula, and then this was Paramount's answer to Universal's horror films. And it was very well done. And Frederick March, he did win the Academy Award for this. So oh, did he? Oh. Yeah, it was one of the only horror films. I think Silence of the Lambs. Wow. Uh, really I, think, I think that won for Best Picture. I don't know if it was Anthony Hopkins. I don't, I don't remember if, that, if he won Best, best Actor. But Frederick March won Best Actor playing a horror, you know, horror character. Mm-hmm. But I, I always thought, and this, you know, this was the final piece, the final uh, transformation at the end of the movie where he's really uh, all haggard, really, you know, they really, oh, yeah. green, you know, I mean, his big teeth and his eyes were pulled down, you know, so, I mean, it was, it was a very, he was a very effective hide, you know, and the contrast, excuse me, contrast between him and Mark, uh, uh, Mr. Dr. Jekyll, you know, was very well done. And then at the time, it was a pre-code movie, it was before the production codes, and the girl that played Ivy, uh, Miriam Hark- Hopkins, you know, she was a prostitute, but, you know, she was, it seemed, she played a good part. She was definitely terrified of this man. Yeah. She played a very good part, as well as, you know, Frederick March. Excellent choice. You're number two, Louis. Um. Most of mine were already done, but like I, these are some of the ones I kept on the side. Was like yeah. RoboCop. Oh, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah, great one. You know when they shot his hand off and just started mutilating him was just all that stuff. The Rob Botin again, some fun, amazing makeups. Yeah. The melting, the melting makeup. That's what I was thinking. Oh, that was yeah, the worst. Yeah, that was the most gruesome scene. Yeah, so many cool makeups. Yeah, there. that's a really gruesome movie for a movie people don't think of as a horror movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Craig, you're number two. Planet of the Apes. My number. It's my number two. Um, that's another one where they had, you know, they came out with the little kits. Remember, they came out with a bunch of the Dick Smith kits and. All those, and I think Apes was, I don't know if it was a Smith one, but they had the Apes. It was a Smith kid. one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes is one of my, uh, was my number two choice. You know, I, you know, I think, think uh, they have all that, yeah, those background DVDs now that show you all the work. That went. I think they did another one that even gave you even more uh, background information. Wasn't for the, that the, the other new movie that, that, uh, who did that? Wasn't there a new one that just came out? The documentary by the Berman or by yeah. oh, yeah, Making Apes? Making Apes. Making yeah, Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike's pulling, pulling that out right now. <laughs> yeah, that's on, yeah, that's that's on like Amazon, I believe, or Netflix or something. Is it? I got Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, it's signed. Oh. 
too. That's a really good one. See, if you turn your head like this. And... <laughs> 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 but that's a really, really great documentary. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like wonderful because, you, you know, I remember seeing that and they were talking about the relationship with Chambers, especially towards the end of the documentary. You know, where they talked about it and... It's yeah, that's definitely pretty emotional, place. actually. But I'm very emotional. You're right. You know, it's once more it's the passion of doing the makeup. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, you know, when Michael was talking about being part of an actor's transformation into their character. You could you're sort of being part of that emotional as well as a physical change. Because how they have to become those people, mm -hmm. especially yeah. if it's a tragic character. Uh, Troy, you're number two. My number two, um, the whole transformation scene in uh, American Werewolf in London. So that movie Just, made your, your list twice. It did. It did. I think it was the only movie to make, make my list that's twice. Interesting, yeah. It's worth it. Yeah, I agree. It's true. That's, that's, that's my number one, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's just uh, it was. I, I was debating. I watch that over and over and over. Again. Where exactly? I almost had a number one too. My number one. Uh, I was wearing shirts that Nosferatu. Frankenstein's my favorite monster, but Nosferatu, I just think is the is like the creepiest looking Best monster. Look. Yeah. It still looks awesome, and uh, it spawned a movie where you know they made a movie uh, putting out the legend that it wasn't even you know makeup; it was really a vampire. That, uh, that played that's a real movie. good movie too. It's a good movie. Yeah. So I like all three versions of Nosferatu. The original one, I think the remake is actually good. Yeah. Uh, Klaus Kinski. One. Yeah. yeah. Klaus yeah. Kinski. And then um, well, William yeah. Defoe played. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's another great makeup, actually. That's another. Yeah. Great yeah. Very good. So what, what? What did you kill the writer? Or was, what did he say? Like, why didn't you? What did he? Bites the person. He goes, "Why did Why didn't you kill the writer and set up someone else or something like that?" Um, with him, uh, Malkovich wasn't he the director? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, And he goes, oh, yeah. like, "Why didn't you kill that one?" But you know, we still need the writer or something. Or, why didn't you kill the writer? I forgot the line, but it's something like, "Why didn't you?" Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Shadow the vampires. Trying to think of the name. Shadow the vampires. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you're number one. Um, I've taken these out of order, but um, I'd like to mention The Bride of Frankenstein. Yes! Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's an iconic makeup. And I like that she reflected the period the film was actually made in. She looks like an, an art deco kind of silent, oh, yeah. you know, with her little lips and her hair lips pulled back. Her red hair, by the way. Oh, yes. Really? Probably I all know that. that. Red hair? I didn't know that. Actually. Black. Oh. Yeah, it's always portrayed as being black, but it was, her hair was actually red. Uh, and if you look at black and white photos, you could tell that it's not black hair. You could tell, you could see the highlights. I think they, her hair was like naturally auburn, and it was a wig that they matched her hair color. But yeah, that, that's... I think, it was, I think it was actually her real hair, and they made a cage... They made a cage and that's used her real hair. But at the Museum of the Moving Image, they had the wig there. Oh, really? Yeah. And if you look closely at photographs, you'll see lace along the temples. And I wasn't sure if it was just lace temples, but at the Museum of the Modern Image in Queens, when years ago when they had it there, they had the wig. 
there. Wow. How weird. I've always heard that they made it because you can see the cage around it. You can see that there's like a right. Yeah, there's a thing. But that's so strange. Huh? So, so it may have been both. I mean, maybe for, for maybe some, so. some shots, oh. they, you know, those days. I can't imagine. I mean, it must have been very difficult to make the hair stand a real person's hair stand up like that, though. I have to say, when the more you look at old movies, the more you see how many people and men were wearing wigs and hair pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even in just straight roles and stuff, you could see that they're wearing uh -huh. wigs and hair pieces a lot. So it didn't surprise me too much that it was a wig. Uh, but that's that's a favorite name. You can tell when she's Mary Shelley in the beginning, you can see she's wearing a wig, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, as Mary Shelley. Hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, number one for Aaron and Michael. Uh, we picked Altered States. Oh, that's a good choice. Excellent. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, all of ours were kind of like out of order, but um, awesome. but Altered States was another one of those. Dick Smith, groundbreaking. Yeah, you know, it's a movie I don't think it's uh, talked about a lot. Uh, yeah. I remember when I was it's younger, really it was scary about, too. You know, yeah, but yeah. it seems kind of forgotten. It's very, um, you know, with all the bladders and um, and then the the Cro-Magnon makeup and everything. It's just um, all the hair work, and it's it's beautiful. It's um, it's really seamless and um, and well done. And of course, I mean, of course, you know, Dick Smith is just. Dick Smith. Dick Smith. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it, all the all the bladders are just so cool and scary. At the lab at NBC, I have one of the big altered heads. Uh, oh, really? You know, it's I think oh, the one wow. he's had in his life in Cine Fantastique. That's still in the. I have that in the lab. That it's. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, that's wild. So much in that lab to take in when you you go through there. When yeah. You give us our tour. Oh my gosh, There's so much stuff. It's amazing. It's still one of my favorite things I've ever wow. done. And go to your go to your uh, see you guys uh, working and seeing the lab and everything. It's a fun place. And I, mean, I got to come visit you guys. And like Dick Smith created that, and some of his stuff is still like one or two of his molds are still there, which is amazing. Awesome. It's so cool. Oh yeah. Ray, your number one. My number all-time favorite makeup is Boris Karloff's Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. um, I always was always amazed at how how well this makeup was done. It was done by hand. You know, it was built up every day by Jack Pierce. Look at that. See, competing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it's when you look. I, every time I look at that movie, you know, just all the close-ups they did on, on him and it, you know, it was all done by hand. There was no prosthetics then. There were no, he didn't wear a headpiece. I think he did in the later films, but uh, you know, that brow and the head, you know, was all built up every day by Jack Pierce. And even in that, when he met the little girl at the lake in the bright sunlight, you know, the close-up they did on him and it's, it's almost like you, you can't, it's flawless, you know? And, the test, even the test makeup, I don't know if you were familiar with the test makeup that was done. There's a, only one black and white still of it. And uh, it looks like this one. It's got mm -hmm. like these little horns. And I saw this book when I was a kid. And this is what got me hooked on Frankenstein. When I saw this, I didn't know anything about Boris Karloff or anything like that. But this is Mary Shelley's book. And then I found out <clears throat> later on that it was Boris Karloff, but this was the test makeup. That uh, the, you know that this painting was from. 
So that's what I, that's my best make my favorite, you know, my favorite all time makeup was Boris Karloff as Frankenstein. Of course, his performance and everything is yeah. a very sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it all basically pantomime. And, uh, you know, even later on in the later films, like a lot of people think the Bride of Frankenstein is better. But I, I think the original is the best, you know, for the portrayal of the monster and the look of the monster. Because you know, he didn't really have a flat head. It wasn't that flat. You know, as he as he as the movies went on, it just got flatter and flatter and more almost caricaturish. Mm-hmm. I think the original was the best. And and as I love it too. You know, for its time and for the, you know, what Jack Pierce used at the time to make that character, you know, to me it was amazing. Yeah. Well, it's up there for my just favorite movie, uh, yeah. horror movie or not. So. Definitely. Uh, Louie, you're number one. I think you mentioned it a minute ago. I think ago. I mentioned it was the American Werewolf. You know, there's just so many great makeups in that. and Just pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig, you're number one. Well, the Marin character from The Exorcist. For the nice. same reason that Ray liked it. I did not know that was a makeup. I thought he was that aged and that old. And, and when found out he was that, I was... Mm. Uh, once more, a makeup became part of the character. It wasn't a makeup. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, where, you know, if you think about the Frankenstein monster and the werewolf, and those, those are makeups. We all kind of recognize those as makeups. But if you mention the Father Marin character as a makeup, so I don't think anyone really will mention it as a makeup. They'll think, they'll probably say the same thing. They thought he was that old when he did it. I think somewhere, I'm not sure where I might have it, but the, when Dick Smith was in Japan, he had the step-by-step in pictures and stru- uh, a diagram of how he aged him. <laughs> Picture-wise, where his fingers were, cause, and uh, he had it on display on a, on a, on a board. Oh. I don't know if I could find that. I could find it, but, it's, but I remember that. Man, it was awesome. But that's my number one, Father Marin from The Exorcist. Excellent. And Troy, you're number one. Um, got the Frankenstein monster. He's the Mac Daddy. It's just where it's at. <laughs> I mean, I loved his look in all of them, like uh, you know, up until what is it, Son of Frankenstein? But still, you know, the first one's my my personal favorite. I agree. All right. Well, this has been really fun. I want to thank everyone thank for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for Thank coming you, out to play. Yeah. Good to see you all. Good to meet you guys. Yeah, nice to meet everybody. Great meeting yeah. you guys. Nice meeting everyone. Great. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank It'll you. be cool to have any guys yeah. back. Show. Yeah, anytime you guys want to come back, Thank you. you have an open invite. Great. Yay. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Be safe, oh, be safe uh, everybody. You got to do something real quick. You guys can leave one, but I have to give out, uh, for people who were sharing the show, we're giving out a copy of Evil Boy uh, on DVD. And so every, every week, this uh, helps spread the head and share the show, and I'm going to keep a track of everyone. And I've got all the names here in this box. I'm going to pull a name out here live, so it's there's no No wheel here. tonight, huh? <laughs> no. Who is this? Peggy Small has won. Yay, Peggy Small. Oh, very good. Yes. Hey, these up before the show. As you could tell, they're not uh, <laughs> ripped up very well. But. 
And I'm written down on a piece of paper. So anyway, Peggy Small, you won yourself. Uh, Evil Boy. All right, and also nice. that. All right. Any, no, good, thanks, any good special effects in it? Any good? Makeup yeah, it's a really cool movie. movie. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> hey Ray, who, yeah. who did those sculptures that you were showing? I did. There you go. Oh, they're, they're, they're <laughs> really cool. Thank you. Oh, really? They're, yeah, they're awesome. Thank you. Thank Super you cool. Yeah. All right. Okay, everyone. Thanks for watching. Everybody, stay safe. Stay safe. You as well. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They come at night, mostly. 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 Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They